you And when I defang the viper Trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere Jeff, I already put you out I don't even know why you're out here right now Keep on talking Hey, hey, hey do me a favor Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting And you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew And Mustafa, you out here A boy among men And I'm gonna tell you what you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin, and we have yet another special, special guest with us today, Zachary Ross, writer, director, producer of a short film that's hitting the festival circuit called called Brass Ring. Zach, how you doing, my friend? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, yes, man. man. It's our, our good pleasure. friend, Zach, we should say, <laughs> man. You know, you know, you know. We go way back. On that. Yes, we, we go way back. Many years have passed back, since so, yeah. the first time we've all seen each other. So, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> the good old Clark Street days. <laughs> the Funny how that's what the podcast name is. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Zach, uh, you've, got, you've got this short film. Just tell us about just like what you got going on in general and then talk a little bit about the film. Uh, you know, we were able to see it. Bravo, sir. It was a great film. It was just fun. I laughed. Um, it was heartfelt moments that really I connected to as a wrestling fan. Um, but just give us your take. Like, talk about a little bit about the film because I, I truly enjoyed it. I want to hear your side. Yeah, so, um, you know, first off, thanks for having me, guys. I very much appreciate it. Uh, been a long time coming, uh, in my personal opinion. So I, de- I definitely appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Um, I would say uh, it's something I've been working on for a long time. It's what would be considered a proof of concept film. So kind of like a short little iteration off of a big piece of work that I would uh, like to continue on with uh, moving forward. So um, I started writing it when I was probably my first writing class that I had over at DePaul University. Uh, when I decided that I wanted to do the uh, Masters of Fine Arts program through there. So um, I went under, I don't know, maybe 30, 35 different rewrites, uh, went in a lot Mm. of different directions when it came to, like, when to do it. Uh, We shot it in 2019 uh, over at the Berwyn Eagles Club, uh, which is in Cicero, Illinois, uh, big shout out to those guys. They put on a lot of really nice indie events over there. Uh, Glimmer Female Wrestling happens over there uh, a lot, which is a big birthplace for a lot of big time WWE talent nowadays, like oh, Mia man, Yim. Uh, I think Paige's mom uh, wrestled there uh, previously as well. Oh, wow. So, but um, yeah, I mean. Uh, there wasn't a lot of wrestling fans who decided that they wanted to do the film. Just a lot of people who were passionate about film. Uh, I was lucky enough to get um, a professional wrestler, uh, Max Holiday, to play the lead. Uh, we talked about it a few years ago, maybe like two, two and a half years ago. And we met over at the Berlin Eagles Club, and he was very, very excited. Uh, really good journeyman uh, indie wrestler who's been around for super super long time so 
Um, he was great, obviously. And I don't know, man, being like a lifelong wrestling fan, when you go to, um, when you go to write something, they tell you the first things that you write or anything that you write, you should write what you know and you should write what you love and you should be able to, um, put that on film and, when I was coming up with ideas just for little shorts to write and everything like that, I was like, man, well, I love wrestling and I've watched it since I was six years old and I continue to watch it being in my mid thirties now. So I know that why don't we take a crack at it? And it wound up getting, um, a lot of really positive vibes and a lot of, um, a a lot of good feedback, um, from the script itself. And, then we just kind of took it from there, man. I mean, it's been it's been a super super long road, but uh, very satisfying getting the film done, and we did a a, a whole lot of post production work on it, as I'm I'm sure you guys saw with with, um, with a lot of the uh, I guess with the overall feel that like we put in yeah. with it. So it was shot beautiful, man. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to have to tell the cinematographer that the, <laughs> the director of photography. So, yeah. but um, no, I just um, we really, uh, yeah, we really just we all collaborated really great with the with the process, and I really just wanted to show um, kind of a different side of professional wrestling. Like I, I heard your guys' podcast last week with Joey Licious and being this guy who fantasizes about wrestling people like Mick Foley and wrestling people like Ric Flair and I think that that's absolutely fantastic I mean anybody who's a wrestling fan can obviously um, go through those fantasies Uh, for me it was more along the lines of I wanted to tell a story of somebody who thought he was great or thought that he was relevant throughout his career and from there, he really wasn't much of anything. He was just a good hand who never had a character, who really didn't have a strong fan base. Um, and then what happens if that guy does meet his super fan after pretty much losing his job? And how is he able to reinvent himself as um, as an older wrestler and as somebody who needs to, you know, really look at himself and look at what his accomplishments are and see if they're actually things that he was able to do. You know, it's thank you for that breakdown too, man. And, and yeah. overall, I would say that watching it, a couple of things strike me. First of all, the love that you have for wrestling definitely comes through in this film. Um, you know, I think with sometimes you see um, films about wrestling and it seems like they're, you know, making fun of wrestling and, you know, mm-hmm. for what it is, that's fine. It's, it's its own thing. But for you with this, this, this felt like, you know, a definitely someone who um, cares about the wrestlers and what they go to in, in their regular lives. Like you put in, you know, they talk about like their families and like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, this guy has a family. I have a family, you know, and the, the fan and just how much, uh, the super fan cares about the wrestler and then finding out this this thing that, whoa, this guy's out of a job. What? Like, then you can you can feel that heartbreak mm-hmm. from that character. So, you know, for me watching that, I was like, wow, OK, this is I see where you're what you're 
what you're doing here. You know, this is this is um, it just felt like I felt the love of wrestling through that and just like wanting to share a different side like you like you just described um, with that. So I was really taken by that. Um, and then, you know, other little subtle things too. Um, it, you know, you have like the, the, the VHS vibes to it, which I really appreciated. <laughs> um, you know, when that like so from a production standpoint, yes, post-production yes. standpoint, I'm sure there was a lot of work and a lot of thought that went into that. Um, so just again, kudos for that. What now in terms of time span, because you mentioned, I wanted to go back to what you said, you said, uh, you started writing it in, in one of your writing classes. When, when was that exactly like, because I know this has been, you've been doing this for, for years now. Whoa, yeah, yeah. hey, years, calm down on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I started off at DePaul, um, I believe it would have been the beginning of 2017, mm-hmm. and then probably the fall is when they started to become interested in me joining their MFA program because they were restructuring it, and um, they wanted to make people go into it and finish their thesis projects like the idea was we don't want students to hang around here for the next eight years the next nine years Hmm. trying to finish these films that never get finished so that they don't pay their student loans or so you know whatever it's a myriad of reasons so um I it was the first writing class that I had ever is the first professional writing class that I had ever taken and I was very encouraged with um, being able to to write it. So it would have been the fall of 2017. And the thing about film is, and the thing about TV shows or anything that you that you see, even with professional wrestling, I mean, everybody always says, "Oh, well, Vince McMahon will just tear apart a script an hour before a Monday Night Raw, and then they're just kind of like <laughs> flying by the seat of their pants." Like that realistically can happen, like in mm. TV and in movies. Um, you know, normally scripts uh, would be about a minute a page. So um, my script that we actually was considered what the shooting script was was about sixteen or was about fifteen or sixteen pages, and we got about ten minutes. So we did cut out a significant portion. The pilot episode is about twenty seven minutes. Um, so. We really had to figure out, like, the really nice moments that we wanted to shoot in it and to kind of, like, say the story of of all of these characters, not just the professional wrestler, but of, obviously, like, the super fan and, like, give it, like, that great 90s nostalgia to it as well. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the timing, because uh, uh, pre-production, you went over, like, you started with, uh, 2017 so three years ago so during the film how long did it take to, to shoot this you know short film because you you packed a lot my friend yeah you know, and, and a lot so oh, you thank know, you. so so how did you do that <laughs> we uh we shot everything uh we had it was about three and a half days uh that we shot um we did a day of prep when we were out there so we took the bingo hall that was um Berlin eagles club and we created like a little like shitty convention center out of it because like that's what we wanted to do just a, like a really like like c celebrity type atmosphere and um we wanted to give everybody like a run through of where we were going to shoot everything i actually come from a, a stage performance background that's what i did 
for my undergrad, and that's what I did when I was in um, uh, high school. I was a stage performer, like an actor and everything. So I always went through, like, the rehearsal process to try to figure out, like, you know, who this character is, what the director wants, what the main themes are. And I think that that's kind of lost on a lot of uh, film and a lot of TV nowadays because everybody's in such high demand to be able to do all this. You kind of just get, like, what the actor's natural personality is. So... I really wanted to um, do a lot of rehearsals, which we did, several read-throughs of the script itself. Uh, we did a stunt choreography rehearsal to where we had our stunt coordinator come in and work with um, Max and then work with the two actors who get physical with Max uh, during the film itself. And then we wanted to make sure that we had all of our bases covered, so... Uh, when we were actually shooting, it, it took about three and a half days. Uh, we had one long day for sure uh, that mm-hmm. was um, lasted a little bit longer. Uh, so the actors got paid really nice union rates on those days. Um, but uh, you know they weren't they didn't complain about it by any means. And then for post production, uh, we definitely brought in people so that we could record some ADR and so that we could record some voiceover. Um, to be able to create the situations a lot better because comedies really need to have great pacing to it. Um, And then once you start to really get knee-deep in the action, you don't want to have any pauses. You don't want to have any sort of, like, delays. So we really wanted to, like, like, beef it up a lot. So a lot of that had to deal with, like, the announcers and what we wanted them to say and, you know, what, what the kind of idea going forward with it was. And they were absolutely fantastic uh, when we did that. So I, I guess, like, I guess you could say five days overall. But like, okay. you know, you, you never know. I mean, movies—they take so long. I mean, they—they they really do. Even, I mean, this film was originally probably around like thirteen minutes, and we were able to get down to ten minutes. And all the professors at DePaul were absolutely fantastic with giving their time and given what their honest feedback was. And, like, these mm-hmm. guys are, like, professionals. I mean, one of our professors won Venice's Film Festival for Best Screenplay um, two years ago, and he was a guy who I was very, very close with. Um, there was another professor who's an editor for a bunch of Netflix films that are going on right now. He really gave a lot of his time. All of them are working professionals right now giving their time to make sure that the students can put forth the best work possible and they really help build the film to where like needed to be so that it could start getting accepted into festivals yeah man i mean it's um you know one thing that i really love about short films because i've i've seen a lot i'm a big film buff and is one yourself my friend yeah (laughs) when you um (laughs) when i see a film that can tell a complete story in that amount of time 10 15 minutes that that truly to me that that's not easy you know that takes that takes a lot of a lot of just thought and planning and preparation and, and just real, just know how around storytelling, you know, to actually have it feel because, you know, in watching it and thinking back to it, you know, even though it's a short, I don't feel like, oh, there's, you know, it, it just ended abruptly or, you know, there's this big like cliffhanger for me. It's like that could be it, you know, and that to me is is just great storytelling. 
And it's still, I am interested and I do care about these characters. And that's another thing, too, to make people care in that short amount of time as well, I think is, is truly, you know, something special. So, you know, again, really enjoyed it. Um, you mentioned uh, Pilot and you mentioned it as, as being maybe like the beginning of something. So what, what are the plans for, for this afterwards? Sure. So, I mean, right now um, it got accepted into six different film festivals uh, across the country, which is awesome. It got accepted into two Chicago film festivals, um, two New Jersey film festivals, me being a native New Jerseyan. Um, also, um, we're going to be in a festival in Lancaster next year. So, um, we also got in a festival out in the UK, which was just an online festival. So we, I really want people to see me as a writer and people see the passion that I can put behind a project. And then from there, be able to, to show them what my ideas are moving forward into getting this to be kind of like, a like anywhere from like an 8 to 10 episode sort of uh, pickup for like an HBO or for like an FX. I mean, as you guys know, like I have a really, really filthy mouth. So I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not so trying to, I'm not trying to like put on like the R moment quite yet for the podcast. So I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to like tame it all down. <laughs> But it, it, like, it is. I mean, there's, you know, they say, they say the F word a lot and they, you know, they say a bunch of stuff. So, um, I, I, I would really, I think it would live very, very nicely in some place that could really intensify the, um, intensify the language and intensify all the, like, situations. So it wouldn't have to be, like, a 22-minute sort of, like, sitcom type thing. Like, to me, I see it as, like, a Vice Principals on, like, HBO. Uh, or one of my big... Uh, one of the things that I really drew from was Cobra Kai, uh, which is now on Netflix, which was on YouTube, because Cobra Kai is all about nostalgia. Cobra Kai is all about these lost souls who are kind of meeting up again to figure out like what's going on with their lives and whatnot. And I feel there's a ton of similarities with what I wrote to like what they're doing right now, except like they're doing karate based off of 1980s film to where I'm doing wrestling based off of when I loved professional wrestling, which was in the early nineties and then really becoming from there becoming, you know, uh, versed in the culture, the way that I am. I mean, it's, that's what we're kind of looking to do right now. Um, we were, one of the first things that I did when I made the film, uh, was we did a pitch Bible for it, which we, uh, made it look like pro, uh, pro wrestling illustrated. And you can even see pro wrestling illustrated is taken off of like what the title card is. Uh, we intentionally did that because like that's my love for wrestling. I remember <laughs> reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated like back when it was like 1991, 1992. Like oh, dream matches. Who's who could face who? Who could do this? And you know what I mean? It's like I I love that. I love that shit big time. So. Um, <laughs> I wanted to make something that you could physically put in someone's hands and they could be like, oh man, like this guy really thought out all these characters and this guy yeah. really thought out yeah. all these scenarios. 
and really like has a love and a passion for for what this art form is and to me professional wrestling is an art form like it is something that performers go to and you have good artists and you have bad artists and you have people who can live forever within the ranks of professional wrestling and you have people who you can absolutely laugh at and they wind up being like a sentimental favorite even though they suck i mean that's it's such a diverse background with everything that you really just want to just like get a hold of it because there's just so much that you can discover and so many like just wonderful, wonderful moments along the way. You know what, man? It's, it's crazy. Cause you know, knowing, knowing your background, knowing your history, like that's that's one of the ways that how we connected that's how we first met was through wrestling and i felt that passion through the film and and being you know nine and a half minutes it was to me it was a complete story to you know hafiz point and i felt that man i was like oh man this is great i see why this is circling through you know the film festival man this is awesome man so kudos to you that i appreciate it man i mean we still got like 55 other festivals that are that it's in contention for right now uh between now and i guess next december in 2021 so me being a competitive guy like i want to get in all 55 of course and (laughs) i would love to go to as many places as i can and talk to everybody about like what my passion is for professional wrestling and you know we could we could bullshit about AEW or Ric Flair 1983 or whatever anybody wants to do. I mean, I wore my Harley Race shirt for you guys today. Oh, oh man. No way. Uh, I know. see it too. There nice. you go, guys. Nice. The original. <laughs> the greatest wrestler on God's Green Earth. 100%, man. I, I love it all. Like, and I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, really a a lot of really influential filmmakers for me took a lot of um who they who influenced them early in their career um there's a director who i really really love who came out with films in in the 50s and 60s uh akira kurosawa and he made some of the greatest films that you could ever imagine i mean uh, Roshiman and Yojimbo, and he's a Japanese filmmaker. But when you see the westerns that were made after that, that were influenced by this guy. Star Wars was influenced by Hidden Fortress. Um, he was one of he was truly one of the gems in in it. And like it's one of those things where like you just people who have passion for what they love, you're going to see those same exact traits on their film and you can see so many similar things like when it comes to Kurosawa's work with people like Steven Spielberg and people like George Lucas and people like Francis Ford Coppola because like they just absolutely like loved this guy he was he was king to them I mean Martin Scorsese to this day says the greatest filmmaker who's ever been alive was Akira Kurosawa and like that's Scorsese. I mean, people worship him nowadays, and he took and from him. So, you know, ju- just a little little passion stuff that I would have for film, right there. But I mean, it's the same exact way in wrestling. I mean, you could see everything yes. cyclical, 
everybody takes from from stuff beforehand whether it be moves whether it be personas but they figure out a way and the legends figure out a way to like make it their own and like like, i want to make this my own and i want to make sure that we're continuing to get in as many festivals as possible so yeah man Hey, well, hey, we're we're rooting for you to get into all fifty-five of the other fifty-five. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Because sure. this this film, it's it's really it's it's something special. You know, it, it touched me as a wrestling fan, and you know, I just I just wanted to, to see it and you be as successful as possible. So I appreciate it. If anybody is if anybody is into into the film scene, I mean. Um, we're going to be in Chicago, uh, Chicago uh, on uh, October 9th and October 16th at Shortcut 100 International Film Festival. Uh, they're still trying to figure out what a location is going to be for that. Uh, they obviously want to make everything safe, but they want to do a live fest. So if you follow them on Facebook just through Shortcut 100, uh, it'll definitely be there. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's just Zach Ross. Uh, you'll see there's just brass ring stuff all over uh, my entire thing, which is the name uh, of the film Brass Ring. So, and then I'll be in Newark um, the weekend. Or I'll be in Newark on October 10th. Uh, we got into uh, Newark Short Film Awards. So, they're going to be screening uh, it live and in person uh, over there on the East Coast. And then next year, um, we should be uh, doing a screening in Lancaster, PA. At Red Rose Film Festival, uh, I'll absolutely be promoting that through my Facebook page. We're going to have Twitter pages. We're going to have Instagram pages. Uh, this is something that's only been out to get into festivals within like the last like two months. So, and we've been getting really, really positive feedback. Um, we'll be in a virtual film festival in North Jersey called uh, the uh, Ridgewood International Film Festival uh, for Ridgewood, New Jersey. Hopefully they do a live one next year. Uh, if they do, you know, obviously you can track all these guys through Facebook, uh, through their websites and everything. But that's where I'm going to be over the, like the next like two weeks. That's awesome, man. Like I said, again, best of luck in all of the on all the runs and all the runs to come within the festival circuit. And I'm hoping that with this, because you're going to stick around, we're going to talk about Clash of Champions with you as well. So, you know, our listeners will get a sense of more of that passion and love you have for wrestling. And, you know, you, you said, you know, you're kind of holding it back, keeping it somewhat PG. But, Zach, parental discre- discretion is advised. Yes. You can go <laughs> ahead and just be you. Release the hound! Yes. Oh, oh, shit. The tribal chief is going to have to come out. Oh man, yes, my man, yes. We're gonna be talking that shit. We're gonna be talking that shit. No, man, absolutely. Hey, let's let's get let's get right into it. So you know, we've got the Clash of Champions recap. We're gonna do here. Um, I guess let's just get general thoughts before we go into the card. Like you know, it's it's funny when you guys were you guys had had seen it before me, and I'm just like, oh no, you don't don't say anything yet because I want to experience it. I basically I was like, guys, shut up! I haven't seen it yet, and you know, but I was already feeling the excitement. You know, you Zach, you texted me this ladder match, and you know, just just hearing and getting a general sense of it. I was like, okay, okay, I'm walking into something that's going to be real special. And seeing this pay per view, I mean, yeah, I, I think I was I was excited going in to, for some of these matches, but at the end of it, I just felt like, okay, this was. 
this I felt good by the end of it. That main event really was the, that punctuation, that stamp that really made this pay-per-view just one of the most memorable ones, I think, of, of maybe of the year so far, really. Um, but, yeah, what, were your, what was your general takes of this before we get into the specifics? I was emotional, you know, like that, you know, a Carl Thomas song, you know, I'm emotional. Uh, it's, you know, that main event, like you said, but I'll save my thoughts, my more de- detailed thoughts about that. But my general thoughts, I was emotional. Uh, the the pay-per-view was good. I, I might dare say, might even a classic, because this is something I can remember for, for yeah. years to come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, um, I really enjoyed it. For sure. Um, I, I think quarantine wrestling has been kind of like pulling teeth at this point, trying to figure out like what the right dynamic is and trying to figure out how are you going to be able to reach your audience when it's not like a live show and everything. I really thought that they did. A, I thought you saw some really stellar in-ring performances. I also thought they did a nice job of storytelling, uh, depending on the matches and whatnot. Um, I don't know if I would call it a classic, uh, necessarily. I, I would say it's probably the best pay-per-view that they've put on in, like, maybe since WrestleMania 35. Um, it was certainly better than SummerSlam. It was certainly better than Payback. And I actually thought Payback actually delivered a little bit more than what I initially, uh, expected from it. But, I mean, there are a few matches that are in this pay-per-view, that are absolutely worth a rewatch. Yeah, and I guess since we're since we're, before we get into it, so you know the, the this quarantine era, like how has that experience been for you overall? Terrible, because, you know, absolutely <laughs> terrible. I was I I you know I'm a huge like I'm a gigantic gigantic wrestling fan. Like I I went on both Chris Jericho cruises. Like I've been backstage at ROH shows like I go see indie wrestling when it comes into Chicago I was at All Out I was at Revolution like I watch it all like I, I love everything me Fees and Devin have been to the same pay-per-views just not sitting together like for them and everything <laughs> quarantine wrestling has been the absolute like drizzling shits of wrestling and it's to, you know fans have a lot to do with it i and you know yes. obviously going off of like that energy that they're able to provide is is a big big boost but i just think i don't know it's like they're all just waiting on their hands for that first episode that they can have with a sold out um oh, for yeah. a sold out you know stadium or a sold out yeah. um you know basketball arena or something like that so that they can just like just take your heart and rip it out and be like, man, this is like, this is awesome again. Um, quarantine wrestling has not been fantastic for me to be quite honest. Have you taken any positives? Cause for me, like at first, when they first did uh, that first SmackDown, I think it was Bailey and Sasha that came out and they were kind of still kind of reacting Terri- to a that crowd. Was terrible. Yeah. It was so awkward. Was bad, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, Oh no. And I turned it off. Yeah. I literally flipped it off. But then, you know, as it went on, I'm like, okay, I love wrestling. Let me just see. I just got to keep watching this. <laughs> so I just kept watching and watching. And I, there were a couple things. I felt like um, Edge, for instance, him talking directly to the camera. I thought that that was like, okay, where he, he as a veteran, you know, had the wherewithal to say, you know, let me do this. Let me talk 
directly to the people at home. And I thought that that was smart. And then sometimes, too, during matches, you, the, the banter back and forth when you get two people that really are, are good at that. I feel like that has been kind of nice to, you know, without... I love the crowd, but, you know, that's just like, okay, let me just find the positives in this, if any, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just when you when you get two wrestlers who have that chemistry, then they have that banter, that to me has been kind of a positive in a, in a way. But everything else has just been, I hate the, the piped-in fake, you know, audience oh, reactions, that 2K audio, as Devin says, yes. <laughs> he coined, you know, Horrible. just... just all of that, the the NXT, uh, you know, crowd, uh, the you know, the the development stars on the on the outside, that's been awkward. Um, it's just so much to not like. But do you take any positives and say, oh, that that was an interesting idea? Yeah. Cinematic wrestling. I like, do. Is- I and I, that would actually be the first thing that I would say. I, I would take the cinematic wrestling away from it. I really thought. Um, obviously, Undertaker and AJ was cool at WrestleMania. Uh, I actually liked uh, Bray and John Cena more just because, like, yeah. that mind fuck idea of, like, yeah. going through John <laughs> Cena's career and then these really, like, influential moments within wrestling history. I, I thought that that was a really, really nice touch. Um, I'm probably uh, of the minority, but I'm a big Bruce Pritchard fan. And I know that Bruce had a lot to do with that, so I'll give Bruce a shout out. Um, I know people hate him, like they do. You know, oh, he's a liar, he's a fat son of a bitch, and all this sort of stuff. I think he's cool. I like Brother Love. Man. You know what, man? You're always going to have some hate. You are, you know, and, and it's, it comes with the, it comes with the job. It comes with the territory. I know, especially with my daughters, they hate him on TikTok. It, it happens. <laughs> I get it. All right, so but I, I, when I, you're doing TikTok. something great, you know the, the hate is coming. Yeah, I think the cinematic wrestling's been good i actually think drew mcintyre is definitely somebody to take away from this whole quarantine wrestling of a dude who's actually put together some really really great matches um whether it be him and seth him and bobby um him and dolph had a had a good match it was kind of like weird with all those like awkward steps and stuff like that but dolph will make anything work obviously i think um i think seth and ray have been fantastic um I know a lot of people... I didn't expect that either, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that this is actually probably the best character Rey Mysterio that we've ever seen in his career. I mean, I can remember, like, after the whole Eddie thing happened, like, I was in college, and he would be in the ring and be, No, Eddie! No! <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, Ray's such a bad actor. <laughs> but like now it's like oh well he has his family involved and his yeah, kid's a yeah. really good wrestler yeah. and his daughter is you know gonna be a character within the show and everything like that good actor too man they're good i mean they're man. I, hey man ray mysterio has come a super super long way with being a character oh yes like yeah. a super long way so he should for sure get a lot of uh, credit for that and I think AEW's actually really did a great job of like developing a weekly episodic TV show that you can keep a lot of interest with I think the two hours is a really really good mark I think that they've done a nice job of establishing some new stars out there they did a great cinematic match with the uh, stadium stampede match mm-hmm. yeah, um yeah. i thought that that I, and i mean I, I think aew does a great job of bringing like comedy back into wrestling 
Like they do, and and I think that that's something that's missing, and I think that that's mm-hmm. something that WWE kind of does like an Adam Sandler kind of approach to comedy with wrestling to where mm-hmm. AEW gives you more of like a PG-13 like Will Ferrell type mm-hmm. of approach and that works to me like super super well being like a huge huge comedy fan and being somebody like who wants to write comedy in the future um, you know they're they're not on the mark like all the time when it comes to that stuff but I think like the comedy and I think like the backstage segments and I think a lot of like the like the pre-produced and post-produced stuff for both companies they've done a really nice job with. What, what do you think of their their attempt of influx of having a crowd? Just was it I think it was it five or ten percent capacity, but now they have somewhat version of of fans there now. Yeah, I you know it's not enough to to so much make a difference for me as as of right now. Um, five or ten percent. I mean, it's like watching like the NFL and people saying like, "Oh, well, there's twenty percent of fans there." You know, like me, you, I, you know, I'm a guy from New Jersey. I'm a guy, you know, I'm a big Philadelphia sports fan. Everybody shits on Philly sports fans any chance that they have because how obnoxious they are and how much, you know, they'll just say what's on their mind and stuff like that. But it's like, wouldn't you want to have stadiums filled with Philadelphia sports fans right now rather than it just be like this empty echo of, like, monotony? Uh, (laughs) Cut them off, Fafiz, cut them off. I I don't know, man. Like, I just, I I don't really think it's, it didn't make a huge difference for All Out with me. Like having like fans there, to be honest with you. Um, but I also think that AEW probably puts on the best episodic wrestling show that's out there right now. So WWE is really the, the, the brand that needs fans there. And they're really the brand that needs to gauge if some of the things that they're doing is like working as of right now. Because they really only have like maybe two or three storylines that are going across on their main shows and then maybe one or two going across NXT to where you're like, oh, well, I'm going to remember that during the pandemic. Where AEW is making, like, good moments. They have absolutely fantastic wrestling that's happening, uh, you know, within uh, their show and whatnot. And, you know, they're still they're still going off of what their original pillars were. You know, tag team wrestling, great in-ring performances. They want to be funny. Like, they they have consistently done that. WWE has really needed to pivot in a few different directions to make sure that their product is still seemingly fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that. I see that point. Um, I guess another thing, too, while you were talking is... Um, we we had we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but AEW one I guess criticism right now of AEW is the the influx of the wrestlers from the WWE and them getting like that push over some of the I guess quote unquote homegrown AEW you know stars. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like they're because the, the the fear now is oh are they the next WCW for the worst where 
certain guys like, and I'll just bring up Scorpio Sky because that's someone that we talk about here on the show that, oh, it'd be nice to see him get, you know, that push. And he was going to get a singles run, but then it kind of happened on AEW Dark a little bit. And now it looks like he's back maybe in the tag team scene. So um, how do you feel about that when it comes to AEW maybe becoming WCW as a criticism? I think it's tough. I, I, I think it's an unfair criticism merely because... A lot of the guys who are AEW's best performers also book the show. So, like, if if your AEW champions, like, right off the bat was, well, let's give Kenny the big belt, let's give Cody the mid-card belt, and let's give the Jacksons um, the tag team belts, people would be like, well, they run it. Of course they're going to get it. So what I will say is, like, they do a good job in booking and not – understand and not knowing or, or or like kind of tricking the audience a little bit into being like well we're not going to be egotistical assholes and just give ourselves yeah. the title um kenny and the bucks are the best wrestlers they obviously have i mean i i saw the match it all out with them and uh the lucha bros where yeah. nick took the canadian destroyer off the ladder i mean that was insane that was absolutely insane. <laughs> and then, yeah. I mean, the best match I ever saw live was with um, was with the Bucks against Kenny and Paige um, in February when I went to Revolution and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think you can get away with it right now without having fans. And Brody won his title with no fans, and you had um, FTR win their title with no fans. Um, Mox won it in front of fans. He had a really, really good reaction. I thought it was a good match. That moment. I mean, I can see where people would think like, oh, well, this kind of looks like Friday Night Smackdown of like 2017. But on the same standpoint, it's kind of hard to gauge with so many new names who the American public like doesn't know at this point, like who should be like the standard bearers of this all. So I, I I don't think it's going to be the next WCW. I think it's going to be something along the lines of, you know, like a quasi-attitude era, ROH, PWG sort of product that, yeah. you know, people can turn on and see great matches and get like a good laugh out of it and everything. But also like you will still have some serious segments too. So I don't know. I it, it's a it's a weird dynamic for them only being a year in and for over a year or for over half of that they haven't had fans yeah, yeah. so i was actually going to bring that up because i was thinking to myself pulling ratings higher than nxt without the fans wait say that again and they're pu- pulling ratings higher than nxt without the fans yeah and that's, i mean the whole rating i mean the whole ratings thing is like they just put on a better show i mean i i i like nxt I think takeovers are the, obviously the best pay-per-views that WWE puts on a, on a consistent basis. They're short. They're very, very concise. You get great wrestling matches. But, like, for episodic TV, like, AEW does put on the best. Like, they put on the best stuff. I mean, their storylines I can follow. You're always getting somebody new. I think maybe their matches might be a little too predictable at times. But to me, their booking generally does feel a lot fresher than what you'll get out of like Raw or SmackDown booking. So, 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, NXT has been my favorite now for a long time. And a lot of it stems from one. I mean, like you said, with the takeovers that they just they just have not let me down, you know, with these pay-per-views. Whereas with AEW, sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, this part was good. This part was good. But what was happening like that? Um, that first uh, all out, you know, the first half of that pay-per-view, I found myself saying, man, is this what this is going to be like? And then Cody has his matchup with uh, Dustin. And it was like right then I was like, oh, okay, this is what I was expecting. Oh, you're, to so, see you're talking about double or nothing. Double or nothing. Yeah, thank you. Correctly. Yeah. yeah. So there, from there on, it's like it, it, match after match after match. Yeah. I was just like, I was, I was there, you know. So, um, you know, but AEW, I think, you know, it, it, it has. Well, for one, I give them a lot of respect for in their first year because the anniversary is coming up pretty soon. I think two weeks. I, Two yeah, weeks, half yeah. half of half of or not maybe not exactly half, but a lot of it has happened with the snow fans. Like I'm, I I hope they do a documentary just on this first year yeah. because the things they've had to go through, you know, in their first year of of just existence has just been amazing. So I do I do give them a lot of credit and kudos. And your point too, like for you know the elite, you know, in that all elite wrestling to say hey. You know, we're not going to put ourselves at the forefront, give ourselves all the gold and be those guys. We're going to try to put over some of these other guys and create new stars in the beginning. I think, you know, that was that was cool. You know, the WCW side for me comes into like, you know, you get um, Moxley as champion. You get Miro coming in. You got Brody Lee coming in. He's champion. And I... I feel like those guys are deserving and those guys, it's not like when Hogan came in and he was like, you know, you know, he was everything in wrestling and then came over to WCW and it's like, okay, he's going to be the guy again. And even at first it was fine because, you know, Hollywood Hogan, it was like, whoa, he's a heel. Oh my God. You know, but then it just kept going and going and then it just kept happening with other WWF guys at the time. And I think, um, I, and, and yeah, I don't ahead. mean to interrupt you, I think a lot of it deals with the difference between a household name to like a cult following. And I yeah. feel that like, you know, those AEW wrestlers had a huge cult following with what they were doing in New Japan and what they were doing in ROH and the fact that they like teamed up with Jericho to do that first Jericho cruise and everything. Yeah. I mean, they were high in demand with people who want it like a different product as opposed to people being high in demand just for one individual who would have been Hulk Hogan. And then, you yeah. know, Hogan's going to come in at that bash in the beach or whatever and beat Ric Flair and they bring out Shaq and they bring out Mr. T and like all that stuff. Like, you know, the hoopla around Hogan started the, it fell off as soon as he got in the ring and he started wrestling with somebody. Mm-hmm. But like when you have dudes like Cody and you have you have guys like the Bucks and you have the best wrestler on earth, Kenny Omega, like even if shit goes south, they could still just go in the ring and have a match and people are still gonna yeah. watch that. Like even if it is terrible, like I'm a huge Scorpio Sky fan as well. Like they haven't done Scorpio Sky any justice, in my opinion. A dude who's super, super underbooked by them. But like, at yes. least you know that when Scorpio Sky gets in the ring for that Probably. 15 minutes, yeah. it's going to be absolute yeah. magic. And they yeah. don't book everybody great, and they don't do a, a, a fantastic job of getting <laughs> all their best yeah. people out there on TV every week. 
I mean, I want to see more Brian Page. I want to see more Lucha Brothers, specifically Pentagon. Because I think Pentagon, with his look, with his moveset, with his character, uh, you know, he already has something that he can give to the audience. I can't even tell you how many times I did Sierra, Sierra Minero when I, every time I've seen him, I'm like, this is, this is, ins- you want to do it with us? I, like, of yes, course, you, of course, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And he's so, aw- my, my wife says awesome. I like him because he looks like a stormtrooper, and because I'm such a huge Star Wars fan. I, I disagree with her, but like, oh, yeah, man. I mean, sure, whatever. But like, some guys are getting underbooked and like, I can understand, but like, the amount of fantastic wrestlers that are within everybody's piggy bank that they have nowadays, 1992 or 1987 or any of those years that were huge in professional wrestling, they would have loved to have had the workers that are out there right now. And not every great worker is going to get on TV. And right now, once the fans come back, the company that can establish the best characters is going to be the company that is going to trump the other one 1,000%. Everyone's a great yeah. worker. Work rate's not a thing anymore. Yeah, right. yeah, man. I think that's what AEW is going to excel. Even if they fall on their feet, I know I trust them to get to pick themselves back up and just, you know, go up this uphill climb and exceed, man. So I even saw it in early in their booking style when you saw the AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament and Young Bucks are going against Private Party, and you expected the Young Bucks to go over because, look, it's just a brand-new company. They're, operationally, they're behind it, too. They're, they're both the executives, so hell yeah, it all makes sense. And what happens? We get hit one of the hugest swerves in tag team wrestling, with a huge upset like in a college bracket and the private party goes over and it was it was crazy it was crazy man it was just that that storytelling right there was right there their booking style i was like okay okay i'll I, okay now i get what they're trying to do isn't it funny okay, that the, there's a huge uh, it's funny that you say that it's a huge upset in a college bracket what company <laughs> puts on the NCAA tournament when it happens all the time turner tbs yeah. tnt yeah. all those places yeah. where does a yeah. where does yeah. aw make their home at you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not saying that that's a it's just a weird coincidence and i think that that's a great uh you know obviously that great analysis 100 percent. man awesome discussion here man we were just getting into the recap and then we kind of swerved it a little bit that's how it goes down on the clark street wrestling podcast man amen love the discussion it's good to talk about two different wrestling brands now man like i remember when wcw died and then they went out of business like wcw died in like late 1999 when bret hart got his head kicked in and then I can remember, like, they didn't take it off of life support for, like, 15 months. Like, it was just painful. <laughs> and, like, if right. you go back and you watch any of those pay-per-views, it's some of the wildest shit that you've ever seen in your life. Like, it's so fantastic <laughs> that it's just a train wreck. So it's so good to be able to talk about, like, major, major wrestling uh, for the first time with two uh, two really good companies combating against one another i mean it's been a long time coming man and it's a great thing for 
any wrestling fan for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more. All right, Clash of Champions, the recap. Let's go through these now. Now, usually, so I don't see the pre-show matches, and Cesaro, Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party. I was interested in it going in, then it's pre-show. I didn't see it. I know the result. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, pre-show is just one of those things, man. I'm like... To me, it's almost not canon. I mean, we make that joke a lot, anime nerds, right? We're like, you know, what's canon, not canon. Um, But, yeah, for me with this one, it was just like, all right. You know, like I saw, right? I just jumped right in the ladder match. It's like, all right, let me go and see this. Especially with Zach. Again, your text to me, like, oh, this ladder match, you know? And I'm like, all right, (laughs) I got to see this. So I just skipped the pre-show, went straight to the main show. But... Do you guys, did you guys see the pre-show? Did you guys have anything you wanted to say about the outcome or just the match in general? Like, what were your thoughts? Negative. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say you guys were shitting on Shinsuke Nakamura last week with Joey Licious. I'm a huge Shinsuke Nakamura fan. What wasn't? You were shitting, dude. You were shitting. You guys were shitting on him. You guys said you didn't care. I love Shinsuke. You guys said you didn't care about Shinsuke. Well, okay, so here's the thing. With Shinsuke, I love Shinsuke, but I think that the way that he's been handled in WWE has been awful. Like, I I can still remember seeing the debut on SmackDown, and I was like, ooh, I don't know, but then I'm hearing the crowd singing his his, his song, and I'm like, wow, okay, this, I had goosebumps. I'm like, this is going to be epic. And then it was like nothing. And then he won Royal Rumble. And I was like, oh, here we go. We're back. We're back. And then he had that match at WrestleMania with AJ. And I was like, oh, the match was okay. But then he did the low blow. And I'm like, okay, he's turning heel. New energy. And then the next match, it was like a double low blow. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> but that match that we had here in Chicago. It was great. You know, at yes. the, uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Oh, my that God. That last man standing That's- match was great. Epic. That was a Epic. really, really good match where AJ did the phenomenal forearm. On him, on the announce table and everything. That was fantastic. Just awesome. I just, I, I love him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying you're wrong with anything that you're saying. I think they dropped the ball on Shinsuke when he didn't yeah. beat Jinder Mahal for the title yeah. at that summer <laughs> And that was like, what, My like boy. three years ago? So no, maybe you guys are right, but I'm just saying, I'm not giving up hope on I'm not giving up hope on Shinsuke. I'm not giving up hope on Cesaro. Okay. The match was <sighs> fair. And the match was better than yeah. fair. That match was better than fair. That okay. match was okay. uh, that match was for you know, I hate to say it for pre show. I mean, is Cesaro like the best the best pre show match wrestler in WWE history? <laughs> It's not, but he is. awful. It's not, but he is. He's the best. He's a great wrestler, He's the best pre-show wrestler. He's the best. Call him the king king of pre-show. Dude, he's the best pre-show wrestler in WWE (laughs) history. He's the best. It is decided. (laughs) When they do this draft, if they were to say, hey, Cesaro and Shinsuke are going to NXT, like Finn did, oh, man, I'd be like, cool. Because at least there, you know, they were, I believe Shinsuke, for sure, we saw him. He was booked. There was a lot of care in, in his character. And with Cesaro, the couple times he fought Sami Zayn down there. Oh, my God. Those matches match, were classic. Yeah. That first you know, match so. weekend was great. Yeah. Right. I, so I, I don't know, man. I, I'm holding out hope. 
I'm holding. I, I don't. I, I have a problem. You're getting my hopes up saying this. I, don't I know. know. I don't. I, I think that they should do more hot potato with the with the titles than what they're doing right now. So if they're doing that, I think that those. I think if they eventually do that, I think that those guys have hope. I really do. So when you say hot potato with the titles, are you saying Shinsuke Nakamura getting say the Intercontinental, the like which titles, the tag no, titles, the Intercontinental? I, could, I the, mean, I. You know they're obviously Universal. not they're obviously not in world title contention as of right now. But like, if I were to tell you that Shinsuke Nakamura, I mean, Jay Uso just had a Universal title main event out of yep. nowhere. He wasn't yep. announced for the match. He wins this sort of free for all thing, and then he goes into the match. And we're going to talk about it later, and we'll give our opinions on it. But it's like if Jay Uso. Jay Uso yeah, can be yeah. in the main event of a pay-per-view. Who says that there can't be a four-way or a five-way or a tournament that Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura can't win? Or, yeah, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly is about to main event an oh, NXT yeah. TakeOver. Oh, and he looks like he's just so and then, like, and, but, <laughs> you know, oh, And, uh, and we'll like probably so talk about that down the line and stuff like that. But it's like if you're opening up those possibilities – who says that Shinsuke can't go out there? I mean, they could turn him face. They could turn him face on Friday. He could get drafted by SmackDown, or he could get drafted by Raw. You know, the following Monday, and then he could be in for a title shot if Roman Reigns gets drafted by SmackDown on the next pay per view, or on Raw in the next pay per view. Right? Like, any of that? Man. Any of that shit can happen. Like, they are proving, like, if, if the idea is that anything can happen in the WWE, Jay yeah. Uso was just in a main event. Yeah. As a I single think. competitor at a mm-hmm. WWE pay-per-view in 2020. <laughs> and he's not this a bad is, wrestler. Anything can happen. positivity is, is awesome. And yet I just have to remind myself, but... It's still WWE. It's still Vince. <laughs> like, does he does he think this way to say, you know what, Shinsuke was is awesome. He, why don't we just give him another run at it to to get up the mountain top? And I just, I don't know. I I I, I want to like everything you're saying just gives me so much, you know, uh, belief that okay, yeah, why not? Jey Uso just had a title shot. Kyle O'Reilly about to have a title shot. Like, anyone really could. Anybody. But... Anybody yeah, on that... Ro- and with oh, the level, man. with the quality of in-ring performance that even you yeah. get out of the yeah. best pre-show wrestler in the world, Cesaro. Cesaro could main event a pay-per-view sometime within the next 12 months. I'm not saying it is going to happen. But I'm but saying, like, yeah. should it be yeah. outside? I mean, the Usos have yeah. only had two WrestleMania matches on the main card, yeah, and people true. are like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. they're the best. Yeah. Re- they're the best tag team tag since team Edge ever. and Christian. Wait, oh, yeah. they're the best yeah. tag team since the Dudley Boys. They've been on two right. WrestleManias oh. on the main card. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. yeah. I don't know, man. No, yeah, hey. It's it's within the realm of possibility. I wouldn't. I guess I, I would. I would be super excited to see that happen. Um, so we'll just have to see, man. I, 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 from your mouth to Vince's ears, let's hope they're, that that they're happens. two of my favorite wrestlers. I'm not going to do that with every yeah. match. I'm certainly not going to do it with every pre-show match. 
So I apologize, but I, at least though, could hey be. man, there <laughs> there <laughs> is hope. I think there's hope for Cesaro, and I think that there's hope for Shinsuke. I really, really do. <laughs> oh, I respect that. I respect that. Thank you for putting that out there, man. We need that. We need that positivity. All right, let's get to this main card here: the triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship: Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles. Uh, like I said, I kind of brought it up a couple times. Zach, you were really excited about this ladder match. Um, I guess let me just let you kick this off, man. Just what what got you? What grabbed you about this? Match? I I mean, it's longer than what most ladder matches you'll get. Um, I think the match went a little over twenty six minutes. The actual match itself, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, this match reminded me a lot of the Money in the Bank ladder match, which was like an all-star Money in the Bank ladder match that Randy Orton won, where mm. Christian got a concussion from Sheamus, and it was CM Punk's match back after WrestleMania 29. Um, because it was really brutal with a lot of great wrestlers who could do things outside of brutality. So I actually would put this as one of the best matches that I've seen all year. I think it's the best ladder match. Um, I think it's. I think WWE definitely better than Money in the Bank. It was certainly. I mean, Money in the Bank is. In, they, you can't compare the two, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's probably a top five, maybe top three, uh, WWE match uh, this year. Okay. Uh, ladder okay. matches. I mean. You'd really have to dig, look. to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I mean, for modern ladder matches, I mean, you could put it as high as you want to put it. I mean, I, yeah, I, AJ was great. Jeff Hardy, that was probably the best match that he's had since he's been back when they came yes. back at WrestleMania yes. a few years ago. Yes. Sami Zayn, obviously, like that's his crowning achievement of being mm. a wrestler on the main roster. There weren't any fuck-ups. There wasn't anything that I, I... I have zero criticism for the match. I thought it was good. I actually thought it was called good. Um, I would give it as many... I, I would give it all the stars, man. I, I thought it was great. I, I was... I, what a what a fantastic way to start a pay-per-view, man. Going in, did you think Sammy was going to win? I we, did. But, so my prediction was... Um, I, the troll in me wanted Sammy to win. I was wanting Sammy to win with everything in me, but I was like, man, it's going to be Jeff. Like, just the way that they, they were setting it up and the buildup. And it, Sammy Zayn, he won that triple threat on SmackDown. So 50-50 booking, it's like, oh, well, you know, sure. usually it's not going to be him. <laughs> I, thought Sam, here we go. I thought Sammy going in. I thought Sammy was the heavy favorite. Introducing a new character who rightfully, so he, he never lost the title to begin with so him getting both titles i think only more cemented it for me that he was gonna win jeff and aj don't need it i mean aj's gonna wind up wrestling like drew mcintyre for the wwe championship if drew gets drafted on a smackdown in a few weeks i mean aj would be his first opponent obviously for like survivor series or something like that so I mean, Sammy makes a lot of sense because, like, you can, you know, you can give him the bro, you could give him Big E, you could give him, you know, anybody who you want to move back and forth with that sort of thing. So I I thought Sammy the entire time. And I I thought Sammy, his best wrestling match that he's had in in 
since his NXT days for sure. Maybe since like that Monday Night Raw where uh, he went in with that like torn shoulder or whatever against John oh, Cena. Cena. Yeah. 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 What about you, Devin? Yeah, man. This match was very violent, very physical. I enjoyed it. Uh, huh. Man, Sami Zayn, that man was definitely showing his intelligence out there, and I loved it. That was the beauty of this of this match, the the intelligence that show, Sami Zayn always showed, you know, in his promos, and now he delivered it in his, you know, he delivered it a couple of times, even with the Braun Strowman with the uh, Intercontinental Championship match. Was it? What was it? That three on one. Oh yeah, the yeah with um, Cesaro. Oh and yeah, 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 yeah. The WrestleMania match, and he ended up no, what WrestleMania? No, WrestleMania. No, that was right before, before WrestleMania. Right yeah. before, yeah. yeah, ended up beating him, and now he uses intelligence again to to use the handcuffs and ear, uh, handcuff Jeff Hardy's ear to the ladder, and then handcuff. <laughs> AJ I love the way he handcuffed AJ Styles to himself. Yes, like yes. that was and great. AJ Styles thought he was like, "All right, I'm free to go. I'm getting like, hold on, what, what the world?" And then he's yeah. trying to figure this out. You got Jeff Hardy trying to figure out, "All right, I'm gonna even attempt to get in the ring with this ladder hooked up to my ear." So all of that, man, was just like just entertaining, very innovative, and just something I never seen before, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a, a just a fun, fun matchup overall. I mean, you got your classic Jeff Hardy at the top of the ladder doing the Swanton Bomb through to Sami Zayn, who was also on the ladder, extended uh, sideways. So that it was just it had everything. And that ending with Sami, just the craftiness. I'm gonna handcuff Jeff Hardy's ear. It's just so whenever they do those spots with Jeff Hardy's ear, like with Randy Orton, <laughs> like putting his finger in the earlobe, I just cringe. I'm like, oh no. So you know, just seeing that again brought out with, by Sami Zayn with the with the handcuff to the ladder I'm like oh he's done like there, there's no way and then Jeff picks up the ladder and he's like carrying it to the ring and he's trying to climb up the ladder <laughs> with the ladder still attached to his ear I'm like what is happening so you know but yeah at the end of it Sami Zayn winning it just makes sense because for future storytelling there's so many more options and it's just him now they're not going to be able to shut him up. Like, just thinking oh, about it no. from, uh, from a story-wise, like, he's going to tell you, I told you, I told you, these guys are frauds. I was the real champion all the time. I shouldn't even have been in that match. Like, it's just, <laughs> I can't wait. Like, SmackDown, I'm, I'm just excited for SmackDown with a lot of things that happened on the show. But yeah. that they one right there, that was storylines going on right now, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, Sammy's definitely... definitely given the baton to kind of like run forward based off of a lot of things that like we've seen. So I good for Sammy, man. I mean, there isn't a wrestler out there who deserves it more than he does. And, and that's with either company. I mean, he dude, El Generico. So absolutely fantastic. (laughs) And then all the stuff that he did in NXT and the fact that he put himself through looking like a Portland hipster at this point, like, (laughs) Good for him. Dude, I, I mean, he's crazy looking. Absolutely yes. fantastic. I, Sam, good for Sammy. Like he, but he should keep it, though. Like, this just, just fits. It he works, just man. just get crazier like, I looking. Right. I, I think it's crazy. Just get even wilder with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
Cool, cool. All right, let's keep moving through this card here. Asuka defending her title against Zelina Vega. Talk about people getting title shots out of nowhere. Zelina Vega becoming the number one contender. I mean, she had that matchup with Mickey James to kind of fix somewhat the whole situation with uh, Mickey James and Asuka. Um, but yeah, they had the one on one match. Zelina Vega won. And then, yeah, she had this matchup with, with Asuka. Uh, Devin, I'll start it with you. Um, I guess before we get into like the results and everything that happened, what did you think of Zelina Vega's performance in this match? Because I think when we talked about it, this matchup, we were like, okay, what's the point of this for Zelina? And but do you think like how do you think Zelina came out looking after this 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 matchup? Like, do you think it it worked to I don't know showcase her as a potential champion or? It, 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 it definitely showcased her skill as somewhat of a submission artist because you saw how she took an opportunity with Asuka with her arm, uh, kind of broke her down, and Asuka actually selling that. So I, I enjoyed, you know, WWE telling, you know, the, the story of Selena Vega is showing somewhat of a threat to Asuka. So uh, that's cool. Was you know, and then in a prediction show, it's crazy. I was like, it, this match is not going to matter because what's going to happen is we're going to get the replay on the following night. <laughs> and we did. That, we did. We did, man. Yeah, you and called it. And, yeah, and that's, and that's what it happened. You know, to, to me, you know, the purpose, I guess, the purpose was to show off Selena and show that she can be a threat, and, and that was cool. Uh, outside of that, you know, it's it, it. It was a decent match, man. Do you it buy her in the future though as champion? Do you do you think that because I think it all depends to, how they're going to book her, right? Because for me, you do this matchup to kind of establish her in the ranks to say, okay, she could be a player. She could be the next one to lead the women's division on Raw, or if she gets drafted to SmackDown, whatever. So, you know, this matchup putting her against. Oscar, uh, uh, who has that cachet, who they've done a great job to rebuild after kind of her shaky, you know, up and down start after NXT. Um, you know, you you put her in this matchup. It's like okay, if she does. She has a great match with Oscar. We've just created another star here. We've ne- we haven't really seen Zelina Vega wrestle. You know, she's been a manager for so long for Andrade. You know, and then with Angel Garza. So you know, I think that had to be the point uh, for this matchup. Um, for me. I feel like Zelina, I think, on the mic and her presence, yes, I buy it. That Mm -hmm. she would be that heelish, like, you know, I'm the, you know, the queen of this division. The confidence she has, you know, in herself. Like, I can see that. The wrestling, I feel like she did a good job and pulled pulled some, like, the submission wrestling, like you said. I think that you know, helps to say, okay, that would be her strategy. That would be her style to break down her opponent. I think there's still some work to be done there because I never really felt like she was a threat to Asuka. I just felt like, okay, she's, it's like a work in progress. She's starting Mm -hmm. to try to figure out, you know, how to break down someone like Asuka. So she's kind of on the road there, but I don't know if she's, there yet as far as in ring outside of the ring absolutely i think it's already there but in ring is where i think there's a little bit more work to be done but it kind of told me as a viewer like she's a work in progress even the match afterwards she got submitted she tapped it was clear and she walked away you know emotional and like okay uh, after Andrade said, you're nothing without me. You're nothing without me. You know, like <laughs> in his Andrade awesome way. Um, so I think it's just like 
we're building something here. But in ring, it's not there yet. But that that was just my take. Zach, where where do you stand on all this? Um, I you're not off base by any means whatsoever. I mean, the first time we actually get to see her wrestle, um. I thought the match was okay. I'm a big Oscar fan. Um, I I thought that I liked the close uh, the close falls uh, in the match. I thought it might have been a little bit longer if you want to make um, Selena Vega seem like more of a threat. Yeah, seven minutes. I think the match only went like eight minutes or something like that. Yeah, seven oh five. Yeah. So um, I I don't know. Like I she. I, I don't want to say that I think that she's never going to win one of the titles. You guys are right. I, I don't think that it's going to happen right now. Um, I know I, I read off of your Facebook page that you guys want bold predictions when it comes to the Clark Street uh, Wrestling Podcast. Um, put Zelina Vega with her husband, Aleister Black. Moving forward, yes. since he's not a vampire yes. anymore, and he can actually yes. interact <laughs> with normal human <laughs> beings, and let's see how that can yes. cook and how that yes. can uh, marinate mm. for a little bit, because I really do think that they could do some nice stuff. Um, I, I just think that this was just a way to get Asuka on the card if she isn't going to be on the card later in this pay-per-view. Oh, well. <laughs> nice. Right. Okay. Nice little segue there. I like that. Okay, yes. so let's let's jump to let's jump the card and go to that as you insinuated, Zach. So we did have well it was supposed to be Bailey going against Nikki Cross for mm-hmm. the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, unfortunately Nikki Cross was not able to compete. <laughs> Do we have any oh. <laughs> Okay, there we go. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> allergies. What you, allergies, allergies happen. Yeah, allergies. allergies happen when there's a pandemic <laughs> that's going around. <laughs> the just, world it just happens. Uh, just when that happens, exactly. Sorry. So with with the unfortunate events for Nikki Cross, Bailey comes out and she's like, Hey, you know, like, is there anybody who wants an opportunity? You know, and she's, you know, waiting, waiting. Oh, nope, no one can come out. Cool. You know, get in here, raise my hand, ring the bell. You know, I'm, I, I win by forfeit, done. And then the music of Asuka hits. And I, I was I was surprised, to, to say the least, that it was Asuka. I love seeing Asuka. And to me, I feel like during this whole quarantine era, she's kind of been the MVP on Raw and maybe of yeah. all of WWE, really. Just her character has really... She's had a lot of fun. And you just mm-hmm. feel that. So seeing her, I was like, all right, cool. You know, again, a little bit surprised, but cool, cool. Um, and it happens really short. Three minutes, 45 seconds. But we did have her show up. They did have a matchup. Um, it ended in disqualification. So Bailey is still champion. Leading into, though, a return of Sasha Banks, who then comes out um, with a chair, smashes Bailey on the back with the chair. Um, then there's some back and forth between between the two. Uh, looks like Bailey is about to... to um, Put the chair around uh, Sasha again, but that doesn't happen. I'm trying to remember, it basically Sasha got the upper hand and was was put you know putting the pressure on Bailey for the most of it, um, and it was a nice setup, I would say, for you know what's eventually what's inevitably coming between these two. You know their matchup, which the next pay per view is it is it Hell in a Cell? Okay, 
So, you know, with all that said, I mean, there's so many things to break down Worst here. Worst segment you know, on the just, show. What's Worst that? Worst segment on the show. This Absolute, part here? All of it was terrible. All okay. Well, man, you go right into it, man. Right. Why'd you feel that I way? It just, it made zero sense. None of what they did. If Nikki Cross, like, if you want to build up Sasha and um, Bailey. They could have just done a, an interview segment, and then you could have given three minutes to Zelina and Asuka. Like, why do you need to put Asuka out there for two matches for another pay-per-view? When, really, you know that she's not going to win the title. <laughs> I didn't even... I, it, I thought that, that... Yeah, this is the second time she's been out there I thought it was. I thought pay-per-view. it was dumb. I thought it was a waste of time. I'm interested to see what Bailey and Sasha can do. But really, like, what... I mean, they could just beat the shit out of each other to just beat the shit out of each other. Like, it doesn't make yeah. it... And it's not like you're going to get, like, a fan pop when Asuka goes out there. Like, there's not going to be an LOD pop when... The 2K fans. Yeah, yeah there, right. there's no there's no Road Warriors pop with a bunch of LED screens that are out in the crowd. I, I thought it was terrible. I thought it put all... I think it put the three... Three of the best performers during the the uh no fan era in professional wrestling in just such a terrible terrible position i I thought that that was absolute bullshit nobody will ever watch that again nobody will ever watch oh yeah no i'm not going back to that i'm not going back to that i think though for for me you know when i saw oscar like i said i felt surprised while i was watching i'm like couldn't you have just found someone else who you know, it would have been more like, oh, this is a first opportunity or I don't know, just 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 someone else to go against Bailey versus Asuka. Because immediately I was like, she's not winning this time. Like, th- this isn't happening. If you're going to you know, bring so somebody that... out there, make it like a squash match. Just have Bailey squash yeah. somebody. You don't have enough squash matches when it comes to like pay-per-views nowadays. Like a like a yeah. minute long match, a two minute long match where Bailey just like dominates them. Like that was just. Yeah, that was well, just who would come out for, there for that? Will you do that? Serve Dana Brooke. I would have perfect. I don't even know who you. I don't even know who you could have put. Like who? It like that's the thing. It doesn't even. It doesn't even fucking matter. It just. It, yeah. it was just so bad. It was so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so gosh. Yeah, I feel. I feel like. I feel what you're saying. And as you talk about it, you're kind of you know saying what I'm thinking. You know, and I'm trying to be you know nice to the whole thing because. I do really respect everybody that went out there, but at the same time, you know, I was watching them like, okay, this is this Oscar. Let me try to get into this cool. I'm like, why is she out there? And this isn't going to serve any purpose other than to fill the match that was supposed to happen or fill the time for the match that was supposed to happen, you know. And then Sasha goes out there, and that part I was like, all right, I'm I'm into this feud, so I want to see more of that. They could have done it in a different way, but it was kind of cool just to, you know, see Sasha get a little bit of payback somewhat in this. She sold the injury well while it was all happening. She kept grabbing at her neck. Um, so I thought, like, the, the drama there, the story there was cool. Because there was a time, again, where Bailey looked like, oh, she's getting the upper hand in this. And is she going to, you know, attack, do something to Sasha and injure her even more? So I kind of did care around that. But I don't disagree. Like, this whole thing, it just felt like a mess. If you're like, going to do just a kind of woman's Hell in the Cell match again, why don't you just do a contract signing 
for the Hell in a Cell match at this pay-per-view with Bailey and Sasha. And then you could have mm-hmm. done the same exact thing. You could have had both of them do their mic skills, and it would have made more sense. Hey, Nikki Cross can't be out here. There's an open challenge for Hell in a Cell. And it'll be a and it'll be a hell in the cell match, and then you just have Bailey come out and sign the contract. It doesn't. I mean, what yeah. they did just makes it just it, it it's ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. Right, right. I hear you. What What do you think, Devin? Oh man. <laughs> well, you know what they they stumbled, you know, in the Oscar versus Bailey. But I under, understand the finish. I get it. So I enjoyed, you know. Sasha getting her comeuppance with the chair, even though Bailey turned it back, turned it around, got the upper hand. I am enjoying the banter between her and Michael Cole. That is some of the funniest shit <laughs> that I ever heard that Bailey is is uh, having the the interaction with. Like it, it, it like it's insane. Like soon as Sasha came in with the chair, and Michael Cole was like. Bailey, look out! It's <laughs> oh man, it's boss time, Bailey! Oh man, I can't even say because I'm laughing. He was yes. so excited, it's like it's boss time! Yes. Oh my god, yes. Bailey, guess what? It's boss time! Like, okay, okay, Michael, we get it. You just want to say it? You yes. can't help yourself. Yes. I think Fox so, pays man, her him. Just... Fox pays him for yes, all the man. stuff if he says that. And in... oh, that big dog. Right, it's like an extra five grand in Michael. Michael's pocket. Oh man, oh, that's he really feels like a, and it's a monarch name. Uh, oh man, yeah, man, it was it, it was what it was. You know, it, it was a mess. Uh, you know, Devin, to your point, you kind of you see what they're going for, and they just kind of went through it. It's fine going forward. Um, yeah, I think we just were on. I thought they were going to wait on on this a little bit, maybe stretch it out a little further down the road. Um, this this whole uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks matchup, but feels like it's telling a cell. Looks like it's it's going to go ahead and happen. So we'll see what happens there. Um, let's move right along, though. Double back a little bit in the card. Uh, the United States Championship matchup that really was probably the most predictable match yeah. ever. Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. Um, it kind of went the way we thought. Look, it'll be, a, a, you know, they're going to go out there. They're going to do their thing. But at the end of the day, with this one, it's like, who really cares? We know what's going to happen. Bobby, he looks like a million bucks. This whole thing right here, this 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 uh, Hurt Business faction storyline, it's really helped Bobby Lashley kind of, you know, establish himself even more as this powerhouse you know, not to be messed with guy. And here, you know, it's like, yeah, he, Apollo Crews is going to try this again. Hell no, is he going to get this win in this matchup? And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I just felt like he got dominated. It went eight minutes and 15 seconds. Didn't even feel like it was that long. You know, and hey, Bobby, he should have won. He should have won. I'm happy he won. And just move it right along. <laughs> it's just that that was, it's just what it was, man. But you guys, what what did you guys think? Go ahead, Zach. I I mean, for two athletic guys who didn't who weren't given a lot of time, I thought the match was okay. Um, I was I thought Bobby Lashley one hundred percent was going to win this. Not, I mean, that, that's basically it. I think it's funny that they make Apollo just tap, <laughs> like Apollo. Like it's just yeah. it wasn't even just, you know it's not even like a second thought like in their head like. 
He didn't. Right. He didn't win. Just Hooker. Tap. You tap. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> no. You're just gonna go out there and tap. Just go out there and tap. Like, wait, what? So I'm. I'm like, well, he's not really viable towards anything anymore. So, um, done. done. Yeah, That's a wrap. I mean, the match yeah. was the match was fine. The match was fine. <laughs> sure. I will tell you. It's I will never purpose. go back and watch that match. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Devin? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It was like, like you said, very predictable. Like I knew Bobby was lashing, was going to dominate and win convincingly, and then make Apollo tap again. So that's back to back times that you tap. So there should be no more attempts. All right, Hell like no. no soup for you. It's it's no. done. It's no. over for neat. All right, we're done with this. Let's move right along. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Just let's just we're done. No more. I mean, they they tried on Raw to. I guess um, we're gonna have uh, Mustafa Ali now. Maybe enter his hat in the ring because on Raw he got the pinfall victory in that that uh, tag match that they had. But Man, um, he's a real hot, even he's a really one, hot like, commodity going in the WWE right now. Old Mustafa Ali. <laughs> Can, hey, you guys hear what he's calling himself now? What? He's calling himself the king of main event. The king of main event? Uh, oh, no. No. <laughs> no, that's worse than king of pre-show, because at least you're part of the pay-per-view. Like, main event? Who watches main event? What's going on? Bold, predi- bold uh, prediction going forward with the Hurt Business, because I kind of see like what they're trying to do with it. Let's put... New Day on Raw, or let's put them on SmackDown, and I want to see Bobby Lashley against Biggie. I want to see Bobby Bobby Lashley against Biggie for that U.S. Championship, and I want to see it be given some time when you get some rematches, and you're going to have that... That seems like you're cooking a really, really hot stew with that. Because ever since they said Big E was going to be by himself, he really hasn't done shit. So why don't have him go against another just big bull and they can just just get it on? That would be fantastic. That would. Well, that's at this point, unless he's fighting like one of the like a a Keith Lee or a Drew McIntyre, like who believably will be able to beat. Bobby Lashley clean. There really isn't many people. So, but Big E definitely fits the bill. Yeah. Big yeah. like him, just just tough. Yeah, I could. I'm I'm with that. Unless you that. bring up like one of the big hosses that are down in like NXT. Like if you're gonna bring up like Kyrian Cross, like once he gets better, yeah. or like if you're gonna like like shoot over the bro to him or something like that. Like, I mean, really, like if Bobby Lashley isn't fighting for a world title at this point like what is he really doing in his career with wwe i mean he should be he's they're they're sparking something that's good right now he's somebody who should lose to an up-and-comer and then should be somebody who's fighting for like a world title like somewhere like whether you get the brock match or whether you get like whatever sort of other match that you can think of. I think Bobby at least, like, deserves it. I mean, he's a shitty character, but... They was on to something with Drew, man. That match was awesome. I was, was digging awesome. that whole Drew and yeah. Bobby. That match was yeah. fun. Man, I was digging that yeah. rivalry, bro. I was like... I, I definitely you know, thought it was I want, I want some more matches out of that, and they didn't yeah. give us Yeah, some. I think him yeah. against Big E... I think him against Big E would be good money. I mean, that's a good money, yeah. ba- like, match. Xavier Woods is going to be coming back sometime soon. So you can even yeah. have some undercard matches where you're doing like Sheldon and Cedric against 
uh, Xavier and Kofi, and then you could do Big E against Bobby. Since since all of a sudden, you know, I, for for one reason or another, the Hurt Business can only like fight black guys. They're not going to fight like any. <laughs> they're not going to fight any white guys. They're just going to fight black guys the entire time that Apollo they're Cruz, in business. Yeah, yeah Ricochet. Oh man, Cedric that beat him up. He joined. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they can't. They're not fighting any white people. I don't know why. Oh man. Well, I mean, uh, you had um, retribution in there for a little bit. That's still going on, you know. So Dominic Dijakovic in there, and although Dio Madden is there. So yeah, I don't know those <laughs> names. I know Crowbar and T Bone, T Bar, no Slap Bar, and yeah. what are the Mace. other ones again? I don't know. It Sla- seems like it's Slap a lot Jack, of. Slap Jack, it seems like Mace. it's oh Mace. It seems like it's a lot of stuff that wrestlers use to get like an upper advantage. Like I want one of the people <laughs> from Retribution to be called Foreign Object. And it winds up, it winds up being like, like, um, whatchamacallit, uh, it winds up being like, uh, who fights for the 24-7 title all the time? Oh, our No, truth. not our truth Akira Tozawa? Tozawa, yeah. Tozawa is a foreign object. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. just, that might cause some that problems. That could, oh, absolutely. Like, why isn't somebody called Brass Knuckles? At this point, <laughs> like so, you know what I mean? Oh, who's that guy over there? He's Kendo Stick. Don't He's don't dead. fuck with him. He stings. <laughs> it just doesn't make any. It oh, doesn't man. make any sense. If that appears on Raw, man, you're hearing from me, man. I'm blaming you. If so, I'm blaming if, you if, that. if Terasawa gets called for an object, you guys heard it here first. Yeah. I'm just oh, saying, wow. that's not what I would call him. That's something that they would call him. And we all know it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen. <laughs> they may. They might, man. Let's hope not. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's move through this. And the tag team championship matchup, Raw tag team championship matchup here, the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, came to a sudden and unfortunate end with Angel Garza getting injured, which I'm going to say that that was real. That actually happened. Yeah. The way he pulled up right there and he had his leg up in the air, then he had to roll out and the referee did the X sign. Um, unfortunately, looks like he did get injured and he wasn't on Raw. Um, so, you know, shout out to him. Hopefully he's going to be feeling all right. I don't know. Did you guys hear about, like, was it an ACL? I don't think was it's it like a serious what? injury. From what I read. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard anything, and I was just in Bleach Report right. every, like, hour or so, and I didn't okay. hear anything about Garza is going to be out for, you know, a definite amount of time or anything like that. Okay, okay. Well, fingers crossed it, it turns out okay for him. But, um, yeah, this matchup here, um, I, I'm I'm done with this matchup. We've seen yeah. it so many times. So, and this, you know, seems like definitively now we've moved on. Andrade, um, he had a singles matchup. Who he, he went against Keith Lee on Raw and got just destroyed there. So, I don't know what the future holds for Andrade right now. Potential it burial? Cause what's that? Potential burial? Yeah, he... Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's, he he, he's going to get buried being engaged to a flyer. 
Charlotte Flair, yeah, but it just looked bad. Though. It looked bad though, man. He's he talking got, all that shit, and then yeah, <laughs> Keith Lee like, I am out. the best wrestler, and <laughs> Selena, you're nothing without me. Who wants to face me? Keith Lee comes out, and I don't even know how long that match went, but he got destroyed. I mean, maybe he's on main event against the king of main event Ali. You know, coming up pretty soon. You know, like that. Could be in his future, yeah. but I don't know, man. It's just unfortunate for him because he, he's a talent, man. I do like Andrade, but yeah, I'm I'm this matchup. I'm done with. It's over with for Street Profits. I don't know, man. I mean, tag team wrestling in WWE, it's not it's not great. So I don't know where we go from here with it. Um, but hopefully, I, I don't even want to you know play too much in the wishful thinking of it and say you know maybe they do this because they've shown us already. They really. Don't care too much about about tag team wrestling, so I, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here with with this whole thing. What what are Zach? We'll go with you. What's what's your? I thought thought it was on a this? fair matchup again. I thought the ending kind of sucked. Um, they kind of left it open to where they could get another title shot based off of because um, I guess the Street Profits didn't win one hundred percent clean. It was but, a botch, yeah, right? but it it's was a, a it's yeah. I, I the two K crowd even counted three. Guys and people. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I just, Whoops. I don't know. Like, I, I agree. Like, tag team wrestling in WWE sucks right now, and really, it's not going to be good unless you get like two guys who weren't a tag team and you put them together because they're not doing anything to go against the Street Profits. So, it their their tag team run has been bad yeah. to say the least. Yeah, I think it's been bad. It's just so so disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's just been bad. It, it was a, a fair match, bad ending. I guess overall, you'd have to give it a, a thumbs down for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Devin? Yeah, man, it started good, but in the end, that yeah, that ending was botched. You can definitely tell. Like I like I said. The 2K crowd even counted three. You heard the one, two, three. <laughs> I heard the crowd counted three. The ref counted three. I was like, uh, I think Garza was supposed to take the pin and not kick out. So maybe there was some miscommunication. But uh, it's it, the tag team sucks. It, it just really sucks. I think what they need to do is, you know what? If if we're in this COVID pandemic era and we're just in one house, just merge the tag teams, merge the belts. We don't need tag teams for Raw. We don't need tag teams for SmackDown. Let's just get one set of tag teams like we do for the women, and then they can bounce around from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, hell, even if you want to do it NXT as well, you know, if you want to treat them as you know that third brand as well too. But I think that's what they need to do is just downsize maybe a bit and put some more life and maybe they'll get more people to pay attention to the tag team division that's a fair point you know i i think the the problem is still more at the core of they just don't care i think first they need to care yeah care about the tag team division (laughs) care about booking actual and and making actual stories for the tag team division because they don't they don't have stories you know you just have what's that let me ask you this. So if they were to say, hey, we're going to Survivor Series, we're, we're, we're putting the, the two t- tag team divisions together, Raw, SmackDown, and we've got new belts. If they, if, you show, if they 
put out a new belt? Would that give you a glimmer of hope? Like, you know what? Maybe they do. They need a new belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Maybe they do care about the tag team. And that belt is looking awesome, just like yeah. the, the women's tag team division's belt. It'd be a fresh start. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, there would be some initial excitement because anytime there's a tournament, it's like, oh, cool, okay, and let's put together, you know, eight awesome tag teams, put them in a tournament, cool. But then after that, the, I think the whole thing still is, are we going to get a story? Are they going to care enough to put together a long, you know, long-term booking to get you know, audiences invested in what they're doing? Because right now it's just like, hey, we've you know the whatever you can do, I can do better is like the longest reigning, like longest storyline that they've told for the tag team division for a while, and it's like, really? Did anybody really? It was funny. There were some fun moments, but it kind of went into like almost total like farce in a way where I'm just like, is this what is this? Is this even about the titles anymore? So I just I don't know, man. I I I, I hear what you're saying. I think that that idea would get a spark going. It's like a restart, a, a, a new beginning for them, which would be cool. But then it's still going to be about the story. It'll never happen, but bring up DIY in the draft, have them go win the SmackDown titles, and then have them go win the Raw titles, and they just perform on both shows for a little while. Oh, boy. You want to, yeah, like, if I you want to do something with, like, a legitimate tag team and not just, like, make it in... Like, if you're not going to bring yeah. up the Undisputed Era during the draft, which I don't think that they're going to do, they're probably going to have yeah. long-term plans and them internally fighting over the next yeah. however many months, which sucks because you want to see them yeah. up, but they also do need to debut in front of an audience. Like, why not just yeah. bring up Gargano and Champa again and just have them do DIY have them win a bunch of the ta- like have them win the tag titles on both brands and then just figure it out from there. You know what's crazy is so as as hardcore of an NXT fan I am, I feel like that should never happen again because of Gargano and Ciampa's history. I feel like they them coming back together again, I'd be like, well, wait, after all that, but Knowing how things go on Raw and SmackDown, when people, you know, quote unquote, come up from NXT, they typically don't really acknowledge the history from NXT anyway. So I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that happen. Like if someone comes in and says, OK, we want to you know shake things up in tag team division, bring up these two guys who were this great tag team that were hot in NXT. I could see that happening. And, you know, I think to your point, that idea you know, because those guys have such great chemistry, that could work. Them just going from, you know, Raw to SmackDown, taking the titles. I would be, as a, I guess as a as a casual fan that maybe didn't know them before, I'd be like, whoa, who are these two guys? And okay, cool, yeah, I'm into this. You know, so I, I see that. Following the storyline, though, from NXT, I'm like, man, like, I don't know if those two specifically do it for me. Maybe if we bring in, like, and, and you know you alluded to undisputed era, and, and Devin was shaking his head. But you know, you if if like you had, you know, the undisputed era come up, and you know maybe well, the tag team, some combination within those four guys uh, came together. Okay, I could see that, but you know we'll see because with this takeover coming up, maybe they have yeah, some other plans. Yeah, continuity's never been one of WWE's like strong suits ever since they have gotten into the wrestling business. So 
I mean, yeah. if you're gonna try to inject like a little bit of new life into like a certain division or something along those lines, like to me, it's just like, I mean, if you're gonna do it, just fucking do it. Like, if you want to, if you want to make a big bold move, then make a big bold move. Like, don't, you know. I mean, everybody yelled at WWE for what they did to Keith Lee because of his music and the fact that he's, like, wearing, like, that, like, tang top-looking thing right now because, like, I mean, he's just a heavy-set dude. And they're like, well, nobody wants to see a fat person on TV, but it's just like, yeah. well, fuck it, man. Who gives a shit? So, Who yeah. cares, right? I, I, To me, it's just, <laughs> it's a lot of, like, it, it's a lot of silly nonsense that they do put in with the tag team division. And I think... Make, like if you want to make if you want to make a stand if you want to make something matter, make it matter. And to me, mm-hmm. it's just like, what else are you going to do? You you don't have any other tag team, really, that's come up from NXT that's had any success, zero success. I mean, they got rid of the. I mean, FTR isn't there. Um, right. uh, Razor and. Um, no, AOP's AOP, gone. AOP, yeah, gone. Everybody was like, oh my god, them, they're coming yeah. back. And then, like, the next day they get fired. Nah. It's like they don't. Hey, man, Brizongo is uh, in NXT. Now. I mean, you don't have it. Yeah, Brizongo just dominating oh, the tag team. Oh, division. yeah. Who's. Hey, WWE, who's your guys' best tag team right now? Uh, Brizongo. They're really cool, man. They kind of, like, make fun of people with what they do in a weird way. It's like. What? What the hell is that? I agree, man. The tag team, the tag team in WWE suck right now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's AEW. I just, I love them so much for that, man. Like they, they get just, the crown for that. It's like wow, tag team wrestling. It can be awesome. Like they just remind you of that, and it's just, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's a beautiful thing there. But WWE leaves something to be desired there. But uh, let's let's segue away from that and go into some singles talk here because we got the two main events left. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton ambulance match for the WWE Championship. So, Zach, I guess for some context here, Randy Orton is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's probably post-Attitude Era, you know, because The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Undertaker, those are my guys. Like, those are my, yeah. <laughs> and I see you do the pose. Um, after that, you know, with the the big ones coming out of OVW, you know, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and Batista, um, you know, in that era of wrestling, that the ruthless aggression era, I guess you would say, uh, Randy Orton, I think, because of certain, like, the character development that he went through being, like, the, the, um, uh, legend killer, you know, the apex predator, you know, and actually some of his feuds too, because I'm not a huge John Cena fan, but it made sense. It was inevitable. It had to happen. And for me, those matches were like, okay, yeah, th- these two guys are saying we are the guys. Um, the match with Undertaker, the match with uh, Cactus Jack back in the day, you know, the their, you know, it was just amazing. So he, for me, kind of stands out as being. My favorite post attitude, post attitude era. Um, so anytime a Randy Orton match happens, I'm like, okay, I want to see this. I'm 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 in. And Drew McIntyre, I mean, man, we've went through 
of it all with Drew McIntyre. We actually had a moment of silence for this man's career because I forget exactly what it was that caused it, but I know it was like Shane McMahon, I think, was, was he was no, like King calling the him tournament. the best. Go ahead. He lost in the King of the Ring tournament. Yes. Oh, yeah, because we picked him to win King of the Ring, and then he lost in the first round in King yes. of the Ring. We're like, well, that's it. You missed an opportunity, WWE, done. So we had a moment of silence, and yeah, a couple, like, him being the lackey to Baron Corbin, being a lackey to Shane McMahon, we're like, what, where, when is, like, it's done, it's over with. And then Drew, you know, wins the Rumble, he's the champion now, we're like, okay, he's, he's Drew, epic Drew McIntyre now for us, epic (laughs) Drew. So, you know, in this storyline, you know, it's, it's been, it's been interesting, like, when they first got on the road to this matchup, when Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre were cutting promos back and forth and it got real personal and uh, Randy Orton said, say something original, you know, to me. And Drew McIntyre talks about when Randy Orton, you know, was the guy and he would walk by him in the like he, he was having a tough time in his career. Randy was and vaguely, he could have you know. said if he would have said two words to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. If he would have said two words to him, like it would have changed his life. And he just didn't. He just didn't. And he should have been fired so many times during the time that when Drew was fired. There were so many times Randy Orton could have got fired, but he didn't. You know, and so the way they were telling that story, I was like, oh, man, I'm really excited for this. And then the match that they had at uh, SummerSlam, I was actually let down. The matchup, you know, match-wise was okay, but the finish, I'm like, a roll-up? Really? And then you go to payback, and Randy's not even in the match. Now it's Keith Lee, you know, there. And I'm just like, or no, uh, Drew wasn't in the match. It was Keith Lee versus, versus Randy Orton. And then he just beats him. I'm like, what are we doing? And now we're at the ambulance match. And I, I got to tell you, like, I wasn't, I felt like the momentum was killed for me going into this matchup. And just me being a fan of both these guys, I'm like, I want to see this. But I don't know. I was just like, I, I didn't, watching the matchup, I just didn't have that same energy for it and seeing the match i thought the matchup was was interesting at first but then here we go with the hand grabbing randy orton it's a big <laughs> show i was like oh shit what are we doing <laughs> and so <laughs> big show grabs him and then they go to the he gets choke slammed they go to the back christian's there he's punching them they're on top of the ambulance and Shawn michaels super kicks him off the ambulance i'm like this is, this is, I don't, I just, I don't, I, looking back at it now, because I've been on the fence about it, but sitting here, you know, talking to you guys about it today, I felt myself saying, I really didn't like this matchup. Like, I just, I just didn't like it. There were, it, it just felt like we had something just built up so well, and then we botched it, in my opinion, and now it's like we're trying to make it this epic thing again. But it's kind of lost that momentum. And then you throw in all the other guys and it's like you almost make Drew look weak because he can't beat, you know, Randy Orton by himself now. He needs all the legends, you know, of wrestling to come out and help him beat Randy Orton. And Randy still almost won the match. So I just I don't know, man. So anyway, that's that's the setup, the background. Zach, what what was your thought on this matchup? You, you said <laughs> no. Um, I uh, Randy was always a weird opponent for me for Drew, especially like on this sort of like legend killing tour. To me, like again, like fantasy booking, 
Randy probably wouldn't have been the guy that I would have given Drew um, at SummerSlam. But as being a wrestling fan, I understand that Randy Orton needs to have a gigantic match at SummerSlam. Um, because, like, that's, like, his pay-per-view for one reason or another. So, to me, it's... I didn't think the ambulance match was as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought that it was way too much gaga in the match itself. And you should kind of limit the amount of gaga that you have. But considering you didn't have that a lot within the pay-per-view leading up to that, it kind of seemed like the perfect time to do it. What I've learned with WWE is that when they do like these big epic feuds, most of the time they do like these like three match big epic feuds. You know, like Triple H has his three matches against Batista, or like John Cena has his three matches against Edge or something like that. Obviously, they're going to fight each other at Helm Cell, and they're probably going to like rock the shit out of the place like in that Helm Cell match. Because their first two matches were. The first match, I liked it. The ending with a roll-up, very old-school NWA like like sort of ending and everything. I didn't mind it too too much. The match itself wasn't wasn't that memorable by any means. But also like going on after like Dominic Mysterio and Seth went on, you're kind of like at a disadvantage because that match like rocked no. shit out of the joint. It's crazy yeah. to say, man. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, and right. in this match, like a like a gimmick ambulance match, if that's going to be, like, the gaga that you do, I mean, it's just kind of, I guess, something that you have to deal with, um, like, with them and, like, with their booking. You're always going to have these legends who are popping up out of nowhere. They wanted to do, like, a revenge tour on, like, Randy and stuff like that. I think seeing Rick just smiling... Like driving the ambulance out, like total cheese moment, but right. <laughs> like I'm a huge Ric Flair mark and everything like that, so same, same. I can't, you know. I, again, like not some, not. I'm not saying like I'll never watch that match again, but I don't know. Maybe like four years from now, I'll be like, man, oh yeah, I remember that Clash of Champions. What matches were on there? Wait, Drew and Randy were in an ambulance match? What the hell happened? <laughs> Let me revisit this. So, I, d- I didn't think it was terrible. I don't want to say I was let down because my expectations were never that high to begin with. I didn't. Yeah. I don't see Randy winning this title. I just don't see it happening. Even Like, at Hell in the Cell, like, period. Like, I think if you're going to... If Drew's going to lose the title, it's not going to be to Randy Orton. Yeah, which is crazy because leading up to this, I mean, Devin, we talked about like, man, if Randy wins this title, we're with it. Because the way that the storyline was being told in the beginning and with the role that Randy was on storytelling wise with the promos, with Big Show and with Rick, I mean... I was emotional watching the Ric Flair, For Randy real, Orton man. promo, and Ric Flair just pouring his right there. Yeah, it only yeah. makes but sense if it's like uh, in somebody who within the company right now you would consider to be a working legend win the title. So, like, if it was AJ Styles rather than Drew McIntyre. I would think that Randy could beat AJ Styles for the WWE Championship because mm. people say, okay. "Oh, well, AJ's a legend." AJ's a legend right. of professional wrestling. Like, he's a WWE oh, yeah. Hall of Famer. He's this, he's that. Okay. That makes sense. 
having like a yeah. big like a big just cock diesel dude come out who's just been putting on great match after great match to me it doesn't make a lot of sense like why would a legend killer be able to beat that person well one thing we talked about was um in order and maybe this is just selfishly wanting this for drew but to take the belt off of him so that he could be on the road to regaining it and then by hopefully by wrestlemania time that we can have a crowd again and then have Drew have that moment where he wins the title back in front of a crowd at a WrestleMania. Um, just, again, selfishly as a fan of Drew, I want that moment for him where he can just, like, hold the belt over his title or hold the belt over his head, sorry, and, you know, have the crowd going crazy and get the fireworks and everything, you know, and just have that big moment. It's funny you um, say that because, you like, know, listening to your guys' podcast, like, you and Devin aren't rinse and repeat wrestling fans. By any means whatsoever, but you want to rinse and repeat the WWE Championship because there wasn't fans physically for him, but just for him, yeah. oh, just <laughs> for, for him, Drew. yes, just for Drew, for Drew, because just like, for Drew, just for Drew. I don't know. Like, do you think like Mel Gibson is going to gonna... deserve that moment at WrestleMania when he first, you know, he got that title and he had to do it in a virtual space, like? with no fans this is even before the wwe thunderdome so yeah. this is just you know it, it sucked it was a bittersweet moment it sucked like, because hey, the match he, sucked he, he got it, it sucked it didn't suck but, because there weren't any fans it sucked because brock lesnar was like i don't want to fucking work here just have him hit me with three yeah. of his finishing maneuver i, I, and I then, did think those dudes was going to put in a, a good working uh match but it ended up being a five five minute match and the it match was, was what terrible, it was but yeah. Drew got his moment and but it just sucked that it wasn't in front of in front of a crowd but if yeah, like that match that was first, like Brock Lesnar yeah. and Seth Rollins at SummerSlam a few years ago where Seth won the title like granted there were a lot of fans there but if you had that caliber match even like for a 13 mm-hmm. or 14 minute match I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys would be saying the same thing because like their WrestleMania match for a main event, like that's one of the worst main events in WrestleMania history. That match was so bad. Well, I think. Well, I think we where I, where I would just disagree to say that we we wouldn't be saying the same thing is it's more about Drew's story and like he he was fired from the company, you know, and then he came he worked his way back, got to NXT. You know, then got to to Raw with Dolph and just everything, like everything that that got him to that point to where now he's. I mean, that Royal Rumble moment was like, okay, this this is right. So you know, that was like the final notch to be like, man, what a what a you know comeback story, you know, for this guy. And you know, him not having that moment was just like the one thing missing to really be like, just it's such a storybook thing to happen. Um, I don't. I disagree that the match wasn't wasn't you know anything special. It's, I, again, you've been talking about would you go back to watch these matches? Like, I would only watch it again to just be like, what did it feel like to to when Drew won that match, won that belt for the first time? But I'm not excited to see the match. You know, I might skip to to like closer. I mean, I don't have to skip far. It wasn't a long match, but like you know, just just I, I'm not excited to see the matchup. But the moment for Drew, you know, was like. I might go back just to see that moment where it's like, okay, he won the belt. But 
it, it was just missing something. And to see to to have him have that moment after everything he's been through would be cool. Um, it is a little rinse and repeat because he was the main event of the last one, so to see it again. But it's 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 such a weird time. It's such a weird like this is we've never been through anything like this before. So you know, it's it's I'd be okay. I mean, he with has it a very diesel less sort of run as the WWE champion right now. Just a big, again, like cockstrong guy um, who plays it cool as the face and everything like yeah. that. And like his whole thing is like I'm the cool guy. Like I'm like the laid back yeah. dude. And he puts on really, really good matches with a lot of sexy yeah, Scotsman. With, with a lot of like these, <laughs> like uh, he puts on really good matches with a lot of some of the better performers that WWE has. And I mean, I don't see him losing the belt anytime soon. I think he wins going out of Hell in the Cell. You'd really have yeah. to build up some heat with somebody to get him to that. And Randy doesn't nearly have the heat today. That he had Not in right February. Now, no. yeah. And yeah. him as champion doesn't make a lot of sense. Man, yeah. Devin, man, chime in here. Wait, what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on all this? I, I think where the missteps they're doing with Randy Orton is they're, they're going into this, like, I don't know, I don't want to say comical way, but this cartoony way now. Like, like Okay, you you started off good with Ric Flair delivering this emotional ass promo, letting you know, I don't want John Cena to break my record. I want you. You're the guy. You was the guy I, I mentor in, in the awesome group of Evolution. I'm like, hell yeah, man, you're right. You're making you all. You're making all the right points. And then you know, SummerSlam happened. We got the roll up. I understood, but I get, but I, like I told you, Fees, I, I get why people are upset because you do it too many times of the, you know, the most powerful, powerful move in <laughs> wrestling <laughs> entertainment today, the roll up, and and that's what happens, man. So it's it just sucks that now it's what what Drew needs to do. He needs to drop the title. He needs to chase. We haven't had a good chase in a while. What's the last time we just had a good chase? Like somebody dropped the title. Now I'm fighting through thick and thin to get that title back, and I get it. Now it's just like they drop the title and they go you back needed, to like maybe main event mint card status. You and need that's an audience, it. and then you don't change, see them. Though. The audience needs to tell you. Yeah, but but even even with the audience, man, it seemed like we haven't had that in I a while. Di- I would agree. And now and, and now we're doing the opposite with, with Randy. He's chasing. Mm-hmm. He, and he's a heel, mm-hmm. you know, and he kicked that off in the promo. He was like, Drew, I, you don't, I don't need to tell you. Do you know? <laughs> you just don't get it. I'm Randy Orton. I'm a, I'm a 13-time world champion. You know, I could get a championship anytime I want to. I'm like, oh, shit. So, so he's chasing now? That's how I took it as. I'm yeah. like, he's a heel? I'm like, this is, this is just backwards, and this is why the story is not working, man. You know, it's funny. You said it's comical. Immediately what I thought about was the Splinter Cell moment that uh, Randy had on so Raw. Awesome, oh, man, bro. Awesome. Man, he, that was so, that was so, okay, the logic was totally thrown out no, the window. that was great. Totally thrown out the window. <laughs> you, that, that was great. great. Oh, I, no, I no, he comes it. in. With the with the night vision spectacles, I was like, cut off the lights. That's all I can think of, man. He, he he got the chair, okay, but he hitting he's hitting people, but nobody's making a sound 
All you hear is chair noises. He's no one. So hard no one's saying, Rick, look out. Oh, shit. Are you okay? Oh, oh, oh. You hear nothing like that. It's just chair sounds, men, man. man. It, they, it gotta, was, they have to conserve was, the amount of air that goes did. in and out of their body when they're being hit. No, nah, man. It did. Okay, 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 okay. It did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this, one, this one took it home. Randy then leaves. All right. He puts the hood on. It's obviously people, the officials was watching because they come in running. And Randy's pointing. Tell him where to, where to go. Hold that on, way. bro. You saw you that what, was, what he was wearing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. WWE. I am done, if bro. WWE listens to this podcast. I will give you my Vimeo with the password. Watch my movie. I will make those backstage segments for you guys. And they'll be they'll be just as awesome, if not more awesome, than what you guys just saw. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. I thought it was so much fun. I have zero problems with what they did on Raw at the end of that. I have a problem with watching them play cards for like four or five minutes at a time. <laughs> and obviously, who was winning? Rick was the big winner of like all the cards. Rick, yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick was winning. The game. I have zero problems with him going in there with them big ass night vision goggles and then beating the shit out of those old men. I thought that that was, uh, I thought that was awesome. I'm down. Oh, man. <laughs> I couldn't. As soon as he pulled up those goggles, I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> the lights what's going on? And I, I, I'm telling you, video game nerd, I immediately thought of Splinter Cell. I just saw the, the him like, all right, Randy Splinter Cell Orton. He's no longer the Apex Predator. He's no longer the Legend What if killer. they showed <laughs> you Randy's POV if it was like Splinter Cell? Oh, oh man, bro. Okay, now we're talking. Now, now, now I'm not getting upset. You got the. You don't need the cameraman in there. You got night vision camera. WWE, you can send me an email. It's Z A C R O S S six four at gmail dot com. I have a thousand of them that I will allow you to use. Oh man, that's awesome! That's awesome! I love that you love it. It's so you to love that. It's yes. so you to love. Yes. That. They're not the love. They're not the How can you not? How can you like that? Just not logical at all. Just, just thrown out Says the window. The guys yeah. who do a podcast of a bunch of grown men who fake fight <laughs> on TV. For nine to twelve hours a week, you're looking for logic and how they beat each other up. Come on, no Absolutely. way! Yes, yes, it made yes. perfect sense. It... Oh man, I want to know where did he you know get what? the That's why wrestling's suit. for everybody. You know what? That's why it's wrestling for everybody. It, it works for some people. Where did Randy for, get the janitor for, suit? For, for... <laughs> Show me that. that. I want that janitor. I interviewed on Monday because it's not like they're traveling to Milwaukee this week. It's the same janitor there on Monday as it's going to be on Friday. Interview that janitor. He might be in cahoots with it. You could could make a new character. Maybe the janitor also hates the legends or he hates Drew (laughs) McIntyre. 
All I know is WWE officials, Adam Pierce's human resource lady, whoever, they all suck. They don't know how to they don't know how to protect right, they don't know how to protect <laughs> anyone. No. They don't know how to protect anybody from coming in. Retribution just does whatever they want. <laughs> I wanna know who's working, Red who's working in the truck for retribution. You just can't snap your fingers and then there'd be a promo package or there'd be some sort of yeah, yeah. like like thing that pops up on all these LED screens. They gotta have an inside man. <laughs> Who took time to make this graphic for them? Why Wouldn't it be great if me and Gim came out and been like, When I'm not with retribution, I'm actually a really good graphic designer. And I used Adobe <laughs> Premiere fantastically and I just did this all on my own. You guys can like look at my website, go to meayim.com. You can see <laughs> you can see all the great things. Right. Speed drawing. I did Keith Lee oh, stuff too. Man. I just didn't design his outfit. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> Me and him. Oh. Wrestling's oh, so right, great. Man. I love it so much. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, so we're done with that. I'm putting a pin on this whole Randy Orton situation on that note, man. That's just that's just wild. But let's get to it. The main event, which going into this, we were debating a little bit, like which one would be the main event? Would it be yeah. the the uh, the match of Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, or would it be the Roman Reigns and Jey Uso matchup? I think we both, uh, Devin, I think we both thought it was going to be uh, Randy and Drew that would be the main event, if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, we did go with. Uh, the Roman sure. Reigns and Usos, yeah, because we, because we said, Joey was saying that you know maybe because it's Roman Reigns, and then but, he switched. He was like, and in the end, Vince is going to go with this guy. I actually don't okay. think that. I was like, yeah, uh, Drew McIntyre has main evented a pay per view since WrestleMania. Wow, I don't think there's one pay per view that Drew McIntyre has main evented since he's become uh, WWE, WWE champion. Yeah. Because this is the greatest show. That one was uh, Randy. Yeah. yeah. Randy and Edge. That was the main event. Oh, you mean the greatest then, wrestling match of yep. all time. <laughs> let's not. Let's not even. Let's not. That's, <laughs> we're not going to open up those can of did worms you think, right now. Did you think that was the greatest match of all time? I think we could talk about Roman Reigns and Jey Uso right now. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's do it. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the WWE Universal Championship. I've been waiting to talk about this for a while. I've been wanting to hear your yes. your guys' takes on this this the tribal chief and oh this God. new era we are in, man, with, with Roman. So um yeah, I, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy because I, I have my thoughts, but I'm I really want to hear what you guys think of this. So uh how about this? Devin, you, you kick this off, man. Oh. What, what did you think about the tribal chief? You know what, man? So, last time I was this emotional was the WrestleMania match for Ric Flair and oh, Shawn huh? Michaels. Damn near cried. But, you know, I kind of manned up. You know, I kind of tipped my head. I was like, nah, I ain't going to do it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm straight. I was able to recover, and I was good. Then, unbeknownst to me, it happens again in this match. Towards the end, I I find myself, you know, hold on, I got something in my eye. I got, I'm straight. I don't know what's going on, but I'm straight though. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm balling, bro. I'm like, okay, 
I'm, this is too much. This is too much, you know, because I'm, I'm seeing Jimmy. I'm seeing Jimmy that came out there and he's hobbling because he tore up his ACL, and he's telling them like he was telling his brother like, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna throw in the towel." I was like, "Oh man," he was like, "Don't throw that shit in. Don't throw that shit in." I was like, "Oh, that was that was hitting me in the feels," and and Ron was like, "You're gonna you're gonna listen to him. You're gonna listen to him." Out of all these years, I was like, oh, shit. And, you know, and hats off to Roman, too. He was, this dude is, he he, he is the star. Not just a main event star. He is the top star now, you know. If Becky was still there, he would be above Becky now. I'm sorry. You know, that's, he he just catapulted from from that one match, showing another layer of a character, his (laughs) His dark passenger, you know, what I'm saying there, there, I dare say, for his character, man, because it's like a, it's, it's like a thing of genius now, man. Yeah, man. I, for me, you know, okay, it started out with, you know, Roman coming out. Well, actually, Jay coming out there, you know, and he's got the the the, the roses. The I don't know how to even describe it, but it was almost what? like, um, I don't know, just the the roses around his neck, right? And so he comes out there, you know, it's, it's obviously a very big moment for him. And then Roman Reigns comes out and he doesn't have the vest. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Oh, First of all, it's about damn time. Yes. You know, I mean, the guy is looking great, jacked up, and he just looked like a million bucks. I'm like, okay, this is, this is we're seeing something different now. They have the matchup. And Roman, for the most part, you know, was in control. But then Jay had a moment of like a, a, a big comeback moment. And you're like, OK, finally now, maybe, you know, Jay's getting them some, some offense. Cool. Um, Jay hits a super kick, hits the splash. OK, now I did not believe that Jay was going to win the matchup, but I was invested. I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, Jay, go. One, two, Roman Reigns kicks out, but kicks out with a low blow. But it was so, it was done so well that even like the announcers, I don't know that they caught it right away until Jay is like, you know, coughing up. like, uh, uh, And they're like, wait a minute, what happened? What happened? And even I was like, yeah, what happened? And they showed the replay and I'm like. Oh, wow. Like, Roman just hit him with the low blow to kick out crazy. And then you see Roman smiling. And I'm like, oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Hits him. I think he hit him with a spear. But he didn't pin him. And then he's looking. He's like, nah, nah. And then he gets into his old thing. I want you to acknowledge me. Acknowledge (laughs) me as your tribal chief. And I just, I sat back. I was like, what am I seeing right now? I was terrified. I'm like, the, the way he was talking to, to Jay, I was like, this is, he is on one right now. He's like, acknowledge me. In front, you're not, you don't want to acknowledge me? Cool. You're going to acknowledge me to the entire world. He's like, you see that? That's my camera. This is, this, this is my WWE. I'm the chief. I'm the boss. I'm the one that puts food on your table. Oh, acknowledge man. me right now. I was like, what? And then Jay is like, not today. And I'm like, oh, Jay, no, don't say that. No joke in the man's face. He's about to destroy you. And then he's like, okay, okay. He's just beating down, acknowledge me. Boom, acknowledge me. Boom. And, you know, off to the side, you got Paul Heyman. You are my tribal chief. You are my tribal chief. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to say it, Paul. I need him to acknowledge me. I was like. Damn, yeah. 
Who is this guy right now? This dude that for years he had been like the the goody two shoes kind of baby face. You know, he was he was always like they just would not turn him heel, and oh. you know, and then he could do this. I'm like, this is what you kept from us all this time. He has this range. He just seemed very one note back in the day, and now to see him, you know, show this this darker side, this edge. I was like, wow. This is crazy. And your point, Devin, about the emotion. So it didn't hit me until Jimmy came out. Yep. When Jimmy came out, that's when I was like, ooh, because he's hobbling. He's limping. He's hobbling down to the ring. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's injured. And he goes, he's like, I'm throwing it in the towel, man. Forget this fool. I'm throwing it in the towel, man. You don't have to prove nothing to him. And, you know, Jay is like, no, man. Don't throw it. Don't throw it. I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, all right, this, this can end now. Like, you guys can go ahead and stop this. And Jay's like, no, no, man, forget this fool. No, man, don't do it. And he drags him away, and he's beating him down. He's like, acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. Bro, you you know what was crazy? You acknowledge me. I'm like, wow. Paul Heyman, too, he was like, when when Roman grabbed Jay by the foot, Paul Heyman was like, oh, God, no, no, no. I was like, oh, shit. Because I had to watch that like. Three times, I'm seeing different shit. I'm seeing Paul Heyman being perfect, showing fear, showing being Paul's concerned great. for yeah. for Jay. Got a yeah. call, got a call. Roman Reigns the tribal chief, so he could just stop and <laughs> couldn't do it, man. Yeah, man. It just it 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 didn't get me to the point of like you know completely like you know tears and emotion, but I felt it. I felt it like you know I, I got close. I would say you know when when he ripped. Him away from Jimmy, like because they're holding, they're like hands, you know, clenched, yep. and then he ripped him away. I was like, oh no! Like I, I did not want to see it. I, I felt emotion, like oh no, this is about to happen. And he gets like, not, the only thing that would have made it worse, and I guess for a story standpoint, maybe a little bit stronger emotion, is if somehow they would incorporate blood and he would have busted him open. Like that was the only thing for yeah. me as a you know old school wrestling fan like this was one of those moments where blood would have completely but, yeah. enhanced the emotion Story. so yeah um but yeah man they had me in the J- uh, jimmy throws in the towel he's like all right man enough enough all right you're the tribal chief all right just leave him alone I'm like wow this is crazy and the the pin on it for me is that same the 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 rose petals that he had around his neck he tells paul he's like go get it like <laughs> savagery, and then Paul gets it, puts it around Roman's neck, and it's almost like, yeah, he's the head of the family, he's the tribal chief. The storytelling to me here was just damn near perfect, damn near perfect. Again, the blood could have been an enhance right there, but even without it, it still got me to the point of just caring and feeling, feeling something for this matchup. So. Man, yeah. what a what a hell of a main event! There wasn't a lot of action involved, but it, Zach, man, I, I'm 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 waiting, man. I'm on pins and needles. What, what were your <laughs> thoughts? That was great. Man? I, I thought it was one of the best main events that they put on in a really long time. Um, I thought it was the best uh, use of throwing in the towel, probably in wrestling since uh, you know Backlund and the Sheik, you know, back in like '83 and stuff. Um, I was I was highly critical with some of my friends over AEW doing it over the summertime uh, with um, Brian Cage and with Taz and everything. I thought that it was made Cage look weak, 
did make a lot of sense, and Cage really hasn't recovered since then. So, um, but I thought that I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was great storytelling. I thought it was a very entertaining match. Um, you know, there's a reason why the movie A Star Is Born has been made over so many times because it's such a universal story, and people can always recognize with like when that star is born. To me, it's like Roman Reigns, a star is born you know, this time, mm-hmm. and after all those years of it being shoved down our throats, and so many disappointing WrestleMania matches, and so many disappointing, like, big moments, or, you know, him just coming up short, but always being, like, the runner-up and stuff like that, to me, it, they did, they did a great job, man, I, I mean, the only thing, like, if you're saying you wanted to see blood, if you really want to make like a super super heel, like if you really want a Thanos heel, Roman Reigns could have grabbed the towel and told the ref not to call for the bell and then threw it in Jimmy's face and then hit Jay with like a spear and then pin him one, two, three and be like, you're not going to dictate. The tribal chief is who dictates. Um, that would really be the only thing that like, but I thought the ending all in itself was fantastic. I thought Roman's new look, you know, without the vest, I thought he looked absolutely great. Um, I thought Jay put on a really, really phenomenal performance. Uh, really, I mean, really good stuff. I thought the Matt, I'm not a huge Michael Cole fan. I probably actually like Corey Graves less than I like Michael Cole um, in all actuality. Um, I think Michael Cole gets a bad rep because of who he follows and who we all grew up with, which is obvious. Um, but right. I, I thought the match was called great. Um, there, there isn't really a lot of criticism that you can give. I mean, I would, if you're going to bookend a show and you're going to have the beginning be that ladder match and then you're going to have the end be that Roman Reigns match, whatever you do in the middle, I mean, you're always going to watch the first match and you're always going to watch the last match. And I really thought that it was phenomenal. Um, and it really puts them in a very interesting situation with the way that they want to, with what ultimately they want to do with Roman. And, you know, I, I see this as, and I hate to use Jay in this sort of term and everything, but Jay's more of a stepping stone to get to what ultimately with 80 or 90,000 people there at WrestleMania 37 tribal chief against the tribal chief you, oh yes you know what i mean oh, yes i actually think um roman Reigns should start coming out the songs from moana i'm sure that your children have seen that movie before Devin. but if he did yes If he could come out to that and start, like, mocking The Rock and everything and how him being the tribal chief, that would be phenomenal. But, I mean, it sets up – this is a great first few chapters of a story of a monster, monster heel that isn't going away anytime soon and somebody who I want to see consistently wrestle people. Um, I think feed Roman everybody and have him do the same thing to everyone like just absolutely he should he should wreak havoc on our world of professional wrestling 
based off of what he's doing right now. He should, if he's doing anything less than this, they're writing the story wrong. Yeah. And you know what? And he he doesn't need to be on SmackDown every week wrestling too, man. He needs to be something special. Uh, just like Brock, you know, he only shows up for the big show. So, you know, treat him as such so you can really get him, you know. Uh, it might even get him some, some heat with the fans, where I think it, it you know, you should got, it, you know, should do. Uh, but what I'm else liking about Roman, Ro- Roman Reigns is the dialogue, man. It was so strong in this match, man. Simple. Words. Very simple. He was, very simple. The words he was saying, he was like, yeah, he was like, he was like, uh, that was that ass whooping I was talking about. This is it. This is the ass whooping I was talking about. I was like, oh, ass shit. We were kids. Mm. Yes, yes. Wow. He was like, how, so how you gonna stay on the island if you can't own it? How you gonna stay on the island if you can't own it? I was like, oh man, bro, Roman. This this is the Roman that I want, man. Like I said, I love my cocky heels, and my yeah. cockiness meter was going through the roof. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, Roman. I, I might be a fan. Are you gonna make me a fan? You gonna make me call you the chief? No, I mean, but he, I mean, after, right. I want after no issues. so many years of having to put up with his bullshit, I mean, everybody's been putting up with it since WrestleMania 31. You know, he goes up against Brock and he has that great match and then Seth is the one who cashes in. And, you know, after that, his WrestleMania resume just isn't that good. I mean, he had a he had a real stinker match against the Undertaker, which was supposed to be his last match. He had a stinker follow up match with Brock Lesnar. His match Brock, with Triple H was was fine. Oh, I mean, it, it, it wasn't anything no, to write home bad. about. It's not a top ten, right. you know, WrestleMania main event of all times and everything. But this guy's already main event at WrestleMania four times with such a bland character yep. and. It kind of makes me wonder, like, why are you? Why did you hold this away from us for so long that now we get to enjoy it as fans, and now we get to enjoy, you know, a real live monster heel, a real like Whoa. they tried to do it with Braun, and they they messed it up so bad, oh, yes. you know, two years ago with him, but now it's like now we get to have like a real live monster heel. So, and I mean, that's outside of Brock Lesnar and everything, which I wouldn't necessarily consider a heel. It's, it's different. different yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, if he's not on every week, whatever. It, it, I, I think just feed him. Just feed, feed, mm-hmm. feed, feed, feed. Whoever you can think of. Doesn't matter. He should yep. be, he should be destroying everyone. Yeah, and when I say like he doesn't need to be wrestling every week, like he could be on TV cutting badass promos. You got Paul Heyman, you know, being his uh, his councilman for him as well, so that can work too, man. So I, I'm definitely with that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I love everything you guys are saying. You know, I think um, just feed this man. I think that's that's I am so on board with that. Um, let's just keep this momentum going. Um, he's hot right now. This is just the, the best version of him that we have seen, period. And he's yes. been in the company for a while. But this is it. Like, we just, we, we witnessed something. Like you said, a star is born. Like, wow. You know, so just kudos, kudos to him. And, and just the writing on this one was just 
you know, they got it. They got it. So, yeah, man. Hail to the Tribal Chief. Uh, he is still champion and will be long may he reign. <laughs> you know, for sure. <laughs> um, so that is it for Clash of Champions. Now, let's let's do, you know, usually we do our wrap up here with with the letter grade for the score for the for the card. Um, I'll start with you, Devin. So. What do you think? You know, with everything you know that we got, and to Zach's point, the beginning and the end, strong beginning, strong ending in the middle. But what what what, do you, what grade do you think you you settle on after all all said and done? So they started well, they ended well. Yeah, kind of got muddled in in between. But to me, you know, the way they closed and the way I felt, they they hit it home, and that's why I said to me that that's. <laughs> That's how it's gonna be a, a memorable classic pay per view because I can I can have that in my memory. Like I remember the last time I got this emotional. You yeah. know, the last time only happened with Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels in the the retirement match, and that was the last time, man. And here we go again with this beautiful story that was told between Roman Reigns and his you know true life cousin Jay Uso, and yeah, and with that. I got. I can't. I, I got to give it an A plus. Ooh. Just the way it just, it just gave me, the way it made me feel. I got to give it Ooh. an A plus, man. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, Zach, you you wooing over there? Plus. Oh man, <laughs> holy moly! Uh, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be as kind as Devin. I I will say that very rarely <laughs> are you gonna get a secondary pay per view that has two top 10 matches of the year potentially that happen on the card. And I think that this one absolutely has the ability to do that without, you know, the year being over. I think you will look back on the ladder match and I think you will look back on the Roman Reigns match and say, man, those are two top 10 matches this year. The Roman Reigns match might be the best championship match this year. Um, at least storytelling wise, I'll give it a B plus, um, which would probably be one of the higher grades that you would get from a WWE pay-per-view. I really would only think that maybe Royal Rumble was better than it so far this year. Um, outside of that, that this is probably maybe probably the second best pay-per-view after Royal Rumble for sure. Yeah, for me, um, yeah, it's it's. I, I keep sticking with with what you said about you know the beginning and the end because yeah you're right like this this it, it, the 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 in between was a mixed bag of things that I wouldn't come back to watch the Oscar Zelina match the Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz match Street Profit like all of those matches I'm not coming back for those but that ladder match was amazing and that main event just it. I forgot about everything else once I saw that main event. I was just so, like, I had to sit with it for a while after I saw that main event. Like, what did I just witness? Like, that was amazing. Um, For me, this is an A. You know, this is an A. Like, if I were to go and try to actually average everything out, you know, it may come out a little bit different. But looking at it, just the way I feel about it, that left me with such a great feeling of, like, wow, I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad I witnessed that. I'm glad I, I, I took the time to, to you know, sit through everything else to get to that point. 
Like it just it just made that whole pay per view just really stick in my mind to the point where yes, I would come back to this pay per view again because this is the night that Roman Reigns where we could say where we sat here on this podcast and said a star is born. Like so for me, yeah, it, it's an A. It's an Put A. Put Kevin sure. Owens on the pay per view, I'll give him an A. <laughs> fair that's fair enough that's fair enough ko does deserve to be on this one absolutely on every pay-per-view he's awesome man well we have made it to the end that was awesome um you know we've we've got a lot more coming up uh, we're gonna do our our uh nxt takeover preview uh prediction show here in a little bit and um our aew kind of recap but uh, that does it for the Clash of Champions recap, man. So, um, Zach, any final thoughts before, before No, we man. Uh, thank you for having me, of course. I love to talk wrestling with you guys. I have for years, and I'm glad I was finally able to make it on the podcast. Uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about my movie, about a fan who meets his favorite uh, over-the-hill professional wrestler, and they try to make him relevant again. And you know, hopefully um, you guys can have me back sometime and we can uh, talk about uh, more festivals and more stuff that's happening in Chicago. Absolutely, man. I mean, you are more than welcome anytime to just be back on the show and chat with us. And, you know, maybe we'll get a little fancy streak <laughs> i know someone who's not on a winning streak right now oh yes. hey i'm not shy about it that would be me oh three hafiz over here reigning champion oh and three you yes. know how 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 crazy that goes but you recent know, loss hurt. from yours truly oh that was you oh. that was you let's go ahead and we got it on on, uh. on the, the recording <laughs> Puts in the dagger and twist it. Hey, three times. I'm the what? I did the three peat. I'm a four time champ in the league. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I've but I'm I'm coming. I'm coming. I ain't going away quietly into that that dark night. No 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 no. I'm still here. All right, Devin. Tell the people where they can hear us. Oh yes yes. All the time and before I go down and where you can find our show on the greatest social platforms. I want to go over something that happened yesterday. We missed out. It was International Podcast Day. So I want to shout out to our, basically our day ones, you know, the ones who've been with us, rocking us, with us since infancy. So this is in no, no particular orders, all random. So these shots out to these podcasts, these podcasts that, I listen to that. I think they're all great, and I think you should listen to them too. So I'm gonna start off with the Hard Camera with Juve and Big Ren, and then you got the Half K Podcast with Nando and Larry, Wrestle Bread Podcast with JD, and of course Top Rope Wrestling Talk Podcast with Psycho Dom, High Class Bruce, and Grandma Wendy. You can always check on these podcasts on any major podcast platform, and of course you can always find us. On any platform, social platform, or on Instagram, that's Clark underscore street underscore wrestling. And you can always find us on Twitter as well. That's Clark underscore wrestling. All right. And then, of course, I got to, you know what? No, 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 no. I can't forget Facebook. Our Facebook mm, page. Yes, yes, yep, yes, yes. I got yes. to gotta talk about yep. Facebook because we finally hit that 100 threshold and we opened the community 
of our wrestling group. It is called the Clark Street Wrestling Community. It's to- totally open. It's a private group, but you definitely can go ahead and hit apply, and we will welcome you in. It's definitely you know, open arms, talk about whatever wrestling, AEW, WWE, doesn't matter. It's whatever. As long as you love wrestling, you're down with us. All right? So you can always find us that on the Facebook group. On Facebook, just search for Clark Street Wrestling Community. All right? And now, now I can talk about <laughs> the Save the Best for Last. Do it. Yes. TikTok. TikTok. Uh, TikTok. Yes. Yes. This grow, growing massive beast, I always, I must feed it. Yes. And, of course, my daughter's always hating, man. Always stay hating. All right? And you can always find us on the TikTok page. That's Clark underscore street underscore wrestling. And you can always listen to us on any major platform, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or on a lot of them. Just search for Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Hit that play button. We got over 150 episodes rocking and rolling for you. Awesome, awesome. Thank you again to our very special guest, Zachary Ross. Always a pleasure, my friend. Definitely looking forward to having you back on the show. So absolutely thank you. Thank Maybe you. we can thank talk you. a little and NXT. Oh. <laughs> How about that? How about that? <laughs> So for this, yes, this recap episode for Clash of Champions, that's a wrap. So for Devin, I'm Hafiz, and of course, we have Zachary Ross. That'll do it. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clock Street Wrestling Podcast.